Hello and welcome to episode one of the Big Sight Podcast. My name is Danny. I'm joined by Mr. Ben J. Marsh. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told you. That's, that's, that's a good level of excitement. And Greg. Hi, how's it going? Just one name for Greg. Just Greg. No surname. At his request. I think that should be your uh, online name. Just Greg. Greg. Or just Greg. Just Greg. Just Greg. Didn't you just introduce yourself as just Danny as well? I did, but I do have a so surname. So don't pile all this shit on me. Well, well I have a <laughs> don't. I have a surname. It's Hawkins. What's yours? <sighs> Never mind. <laughs> exactly. <Aww. laughs> In this episode, we're going to be talking all things Game of Thrones Season 7. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to uh, talk about some of the stuff recently announced is the Joker origin movie. Uh, not starring Jared Leto and not even connected to the existing DC Universe films. What do you think about that? Bollocks. Simple as. Bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sick of these timelines and stuff just being all over the place and, and not being related. I mean, I, I get the storylines with DC, like um, you've got Arrow, you've got Flash on TV. They're, they're set in the same sort of place, but never intertwined or relate or say anything regarding a movie that's been out. And then you get the same sort of thing with Marvel. Um, you, 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 you want to go going at the minute. You, you, you've done stuff. You've, you've told me the guys, and I've not, I've not stayed with it myself, but I know that they're not. They relate to it and they say it, but nothing links directly into them. There's quite a lot going on, and they don't, they don't intertwine. I hear what you're saying. It's, I find that a little annoying myself. That the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, the Defenders shows don't connect to that Marvel universe um, but this is a completely different thing like it's just not connected at all the um, creators just wanted to make a Joker movie just have it as their own it's kind of weird it's uh, written and directed by Todd Phillips of the uh, the Hangover movies okay and produced by Martin Scorsese oh wow very, okay very so interesting that's, yeah that's an interesting name to tag on that it really um, is I guess for me personally um I'm not a big fan of Jared Leto, his version of the Joker. I think he's a great, great actor in general. Mm-hmm. His version of the Joker wasn't for me, so I'm okay with him not being in this. Um, I think, as you were saying about about the the universe not in, interconnecting, it. I think it takes a lot of planning to make that work believably. Um, maybe more than it's worth in some cases. Like if they had interconnected um, the Netflix Marvel stuff with the main Marvel Cinematic, I think it might have just bogged the series down a bit too much. Mm-hmm. So, I think it takes a lot of effort to interconnect. Go on, sorry. So, do you not feel as though they could, you know, like, obviously, at the end of Marvel movies, you've got a little snippet that inter, interconnects with the forthcoming movie? The post credit scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could have yeah. those little sort of events within the TV shows at some particular point. It just it just, it just pulls it back in and just nestles it back in with them. I don't, I'm not saying it has to be a full sort of I don't know if it necessarily. I don't know if it would necessarily make the experience any better though. It'd maybe be a little bit of fan service, a little bit of a nod, but to make the series better, I don't. I don't think it would add anything. So I'm okay that they don't do it. Um, in terms of in terms of this uh, this Joker version, um, I, I, I'm in two minds about what I feel about it. I, I'm kind of okay that it doesn't uh, connect to the DC universe because. The DC Universe has a lot to prove. I think there's only really been one good movie, and that's Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, that's great. And one, uh, uh, and one good movie doesn't make a good franchise. I wouldn't so I say think... it's just one good movie. I did enjoy 
Uh, Batman v Superman. I don't hold sure. them in the same sort of light as Marvel. And I, and I did enjoy Suicide Squad too, despite its you know despite its um, shortcomings. But I, I think I think for me personally, um, I'm okay that it's not going to hitch its wagon to that that franchise. But it also seems like a bit of a waste that it hasn't done that, because they're, That's setting, how I feel. Up, they're setting up this franchise here. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're putting millions and millions into setting it up. Obviously, trying to emulate what Marvel's done, and who can blame them? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Absolutely. But if if they're aiming for that, then why can't you have a unified system of doing this? Why suddenly just leave one out? It just seems a bit, maybe a bit of a, a scattershot approach. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how it'll play out, but you mentioned guess... um, you didn't like Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, I disagree. The uh... sorry, go on. I disagree. I, disagree. I, I don't. I don't think you can make too much on Jared Leto. Is, is, is it what? What is it? Is it is his appearance or is it his, his performance? What 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 gives you that? Um, I think a bit of everything, to be honest. I, I, I'm not saying it was it was a poor performance. Uh, but just for me, it just didn't feel like like it should. Um, I, didn't I haven't seen like enough his... yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I haven't I seen enough particular... yet to make a fair assessment. That's it. I guess. That... But this whole sort of like um, this whole sort of like gangster version that they were going mm -hmm. for is just very different from anything that we've ever seen before. And it that, is. That doesn't mean it's bad. No. Um, but it was just just didn't really feel too much like the Joker. Felt a bit like a new character. Do you not yeah. do you not find as though that you're comparing yourself to, to Heath Ledger? I mean, his 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 portrayal of, of the Joker was. Well, you can't help but compare. To, to be it. honest, the the guy that I compare most to, um, as much as Heath Ledger was amazing, is going to be um, obviously Caesar Matt. Romero. It's going <laughs> <laughs> to. I always compare myself to, to to Mark Hamill's Joker. I always compare it oh, to okay. you know what you see in. What you see in Arkham Asylum, what you see in some of the comics, what you see in, um, I well, guess, Batman the Animated Series. Well, that's, that's, not phys sort of that's not a physical person, is it? That's a, that's a voice. That's an older voice. True, but that's... It's that's, still a great uh, yeah, portrayal. Oh, that's my... Don't get me wrong. I, I this think is my definitive, voice is great. He's, he's, this is, this is my definitive Joker, though. This yeah. is what I see. The, the jo and they don't all have to be the same, but that's, like, the, the pinnacle of, uh, of Joker for me. Um, yeah. And I think... Uh, of all the on-screen versions we've seen of the Joker, excluding the campy 60s uh, series, um, Jared Leto's was the poorest. As it pertains to the actor, though, Leonardo DiCaprio is currently in the running. How do you feel about him playing the Joker? It's it's um it's an interesting one. Uh, it is. He seems to be an actor who wouldn't strike me as going for that kind of thing. He's a very serious actor, um, and always has been a very serious, dramatic actor. Uh, barring, I guess you could say, Wolf of Wall Street wasn't necessarily a, a, a drama as such. Um, he's a fantastic actor. If he thinks he can take on the role, then I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah, particularly, particularly if Scorsese's involved, because Scorsese yeah. and uh, Scorsese mm. and he have a, have a very good relationship and a very good history in film. Scorsese loves his actors. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 certainly interesting. I'd I'd like to see some uh, you know some more range from him. You know, not that he's bad in any way, but it'd be it'd be cool to see him uh, don the paint, as it were. 
I guess now he finally got that Oscar, he's able to branch out a bit more now. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't have to keep doing these serious Oscar films <laughs> to try mm-hmm. and get something. I've heard some uh, rumours about the movie. Um, some people are speculating that um, maybe this is a trial run for a new Joker to be brought into the uh, existing DCU. People are thinking that maybe via a flashpoint that could happen. What's what's that? Flashpoint. It's from from Flash. So it's a it's a, it's a time created by Flash in in error. He's never. Flash can go so fast he yeah. can alter time, make a new timeline, make a timeline that has okay. this Joker replace <laughs> the existing one. They can essentially do anything with <laughs> with the Flash in the universe right now. Yeah, you've not watched the Flash there, and, Arrow um, and things like that, have you? No, I've not the, seen the, the DC versions of the, the TV series because because they have that Flashpoint in it. It's yeah, it's a massive like it's it's now spanned and created the next season, the seasons where it's gone mm. and. Obviously, spoilers and stuff. Barry Allen is now currently stuck within the time force. Um, with Interesting. A, with the team, with the uh, the TV series. Um, it seems a little knee jerk to do something like that. I know Jared Leto wasn't well received as the Joker. Yeah. But like you said, we've we've not seen a lot of him. I think there's maybe like 10, 15 minutes, in fact, not even that, of him in the Suicide Squad. So it's hardly like we've we've seen the range of what he can do as Joker. Having the Flash be capable of something like that opens up just a yeah. lot of possibilities. I would love to see a Batman Flashpoint, for instance. Like you saw in um, Batman v Superman, his parents, um, Thomas and Martha, were played by... Um, I can't remember the actor's name, Negan from The Walking Dead. And um, the other girl from The Walking Dead. I'm so bad with names right now. Um, fucking Glenn's girlfriend. Maggie. Maggie, what's her name? Maggie. I can't remember the actors' names. Lauren Cohen. Uh, Lauren Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan play Batman's parents. Now, in in the comic for Batman Flashpoint, um, Bruce dies during that shooting instead of Martha and uh, instead of his parents. And Bat, um, Thomas goes on to become Batman. Uh, Martha goes right. insane and becomes the Joker. It's an interesting little plot. I'd, okay. I'd, and using those two actors, I'd be interested to. To see that on the screen, yeah, especially because because you got them in there. I really wanted those two actors to have something at least to say. It's just uh, it's like a slow cut scene, isn't it? It's like it's the opening yeah, scenes. Yeah, it, it almost seems like a waste of those two actors. Yeah. Do you, yeah. They'll, do you think they'll risk something like that on the big screen though? To do that in mm. a series, um, I don't like the Flash. Fair enough, but to do yeah now now these multi-million-dollar. Uh, I don't movies. personally think they would do it. It would be nice, however. They've touched on it, though. They have touched on it. They brought Flash come through in, in one of Batman's visions. He came through and started talking to him. Um, oh, so yeah. They, yeah. they have related so, to Flashpoint, or at least mm-hmm. some sort of time travel, in the movies themselves. So I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, that is a they can essentially do anything with the Flash. If they fuck something up, they can go all X-Men on it and just <laughs> alter the timeline. Yeah. Flash is their get-out-of- Arkham Freak out, I suppose. I'm still lost on X-Men, though. I'm, I'm confused to hell. That's <laughs> the worst thing to up to. You shouldn't be confused. I've explained this to you. I know you have. <laughs> uh, okay, a couple days ago, I sent the two of you a video. It was a video of a game reviewer playing Cuphead, a game I'm eagerly anticipating. I think it looks great. Um, the gameplay was dreadful. <laughs> so... Yeah. I think this raises the question, though. Should game reviewers be good at games? Absolutely. I mean, 
it's, it's, he was terrible. You just put it there, he was absolutely terrible. He spent about 15 minutes doing the bloody training program, which was just jumping up a bloody block. Yeah. Um, and even then he skipped past half of it and didn't even actually learn, the, learn what to do, got into the game and played it like he was playing Mario. He was he was trying to jump on jump on characters and yeah. the characters kill you. Um, in in Cuphead, obviously. Quite I believe the objective was run and gun. Yeah, yeah, that was the name of the level: run and gun. So run. The guy was trying to jump on every single kill to kill every single enemy that was there. And it's like if you read the, the the caption in the total for the for the level, you you would have gathered that and you would have just done what it says. Oh, so, oh my so god, this, it was depressing. This fella, I, I didn't look in into his background. Was he from no, what, no, no. what publication? I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I didn't really look it up. I. I, I don't want to shit on the guy too much. Is, Fair enough. Is he he's more of an games. independent reviewer though, or does he work for a publication? I. I couldn't say. I'm sorry. I didn't do the research. Um, right. I. I get the feeling. I'm of the opinion that yes, he should be better. Um, if you're going to critique something like that, then you should be getting the most you can, not for your sake, but for your viewers' sake, the most you can out of a series, mm-hmm. and being dog shit at a game. Uh, he's absolutely not getting anything out of it because I mean just that video alone he spent three or four minutes trying to jump over one single block uh, when it was clearly telling him what to do it was li- literally written on written, the screen yeah. um, <laughs> and he just ignored it blatantly so you know like you said I, I don't think we uh, we can necessarily shit on him from such a high height but yeah he should he should be better no, but the, yeah. the, the worrying be point is better. though that these reviewers of any sort of caliber film, game, TV, whatever, people will listen to what they say. Um, now this guy has gone on this game, he's had his little demo, um, and he's died repeatedly. Now his review potentially may be that the game was uh, too difficult, too difficult um, over complex, um, frustrating, um, and it's quite clearly not true. Um, it, it, I've not physically played it but I would love to when it comes out but it, it didn't look as hard as he was making it out to be yeah. um, I, th- I think ultimately you know we don't know this fella I think to, to look at it from a level point of view we have to give him the benefit of the doubt we don't know his circumstance we don't know what, what he was doing mm-hmm. going into this um, but ultimately in a, in a I guess sort of like a media industry that is in where you're trying to um, you know, not mislead the guys who are reading your articles. Yeah, uh, he should be doing better. Um, yeah, he's in an, he's in an influential spot. Yeah, yeah. And if he was a bad review, if he's a bad guy, I guess he could he could, you know, yeah. say that the game is bad because he was bad at the game. And but but again, like, I, I think like Ben said, people listen to that, and uh, he sh- I I personally think game reviewers should have a certain level of competence in games. They should be able to prove sure. that they can do it. Yeah. What? Like for instance, what would okay? Say you run IGN or something, um, and a guy comes in and wants um, you're going to hire a guy to be a reviewer. What yeah. would you give them to prove that they can do it? Well, I I don't think there's any definitive test that you can give. Um, I think a lot of these a lot of these things with games in general, it's always going to be subjective. People are going to take away different things from a game. Um, even kind of a very linear game, people are going to get different things. Uh, so you can't expect too much, uh, and you can't expect everybody to be like gaming gods. Mm-hmm. I guess 
as long as he's got background in games, as long as he's able to complete games, as long as he's able to give him a, a, a fair shake of the stick, and if he does have a lot of difficulties in the game, um, and it's because of his own... I, I keep, keep saying he in this situation, it could also apply to a, a she, of course. Uh, um, oh. If it applied, he or she, I'd want to make sure that that wasn't represented in the, the written work. Um, if they are just genuinely bad, I wouldn't want them to see them shitting on the game just because they are genuinely bad. But I guess an editor's going to pick that up, aren't they? That's their job. You'd hope so. Yeah, so an editor's going to come along and say, listen, um, you critique this game for being um, you know, poor in these areas, uh, but you had... Um, your, your performance was an outlier. It was a lot poorer than a lot of mo most people's. So yeah. I, w I would look into that, I guess. The company could, could have more of an influence, though. You, you, I mean, for example, a, a game that would be more um, perhaps multiplayer-based, for example, so perhaps when you Call of Duty, World War II, um, you, you would expect perhaps them to have, you know, have a game. Have a game, if they come off and they come at the bottom of the leaderboard, then it wouldn't be a fair representation of how the game is played. You would just be getting annihilated for the entire game. Um, if they're finishing top, second, continuous, and it, and it looks and feels um, fluent. Controls are there, they've had a bit of practice beforehand, they've not just come into it for the first time. Um, I think that would give a more fair representation of the game. Now, like I said, back, back to Cuphead, he's, he's going to have played that, and people are going to look at that and, and first-timers for that sort of game are just going to be... It looks, it looks crap. Um, the guy's not made it out to be as great as I think it's probably going to be. It's going to be fun. It looks fun. It does, absolutely. Alright. Game of Thrones Season 7 goes without saying massive spoilers. Do not go any further tune unless out. you are caught up. Tune out, don't stay. Tune out. <laughs> go away. Go, go watch the show. Come, come back, back and we'll yeah. and we'll carry on. <laughs> All right, it wrapped. Uh, well, I finished a couple weeks ago. Uh, what do you guys think of season seven? Best one yet. Best series Best one yet. so far. It Game of Thrones. I mean, it's always had its uh, it's had its points. It's had its uh, its shocks. It's its blood. It's gore. It's sex. The rest of it. Um, it slowed down in the middle. Series four, perhaps. Um, series five. Then it's picked back up six and seven. Oh my god, I've loved every minute of this season. It's been, it's been shorter. Uh, we've been down to seven episodes. But it's been faster. But it's been faster, and you've had everything. There's something happening in every episode. It's linked. It's quick. It's fast. And oh, me. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just need to like take a moment. Carry on without me, Jesus. <laughs> uh, Greg, do you want to take over? I'm a bit bewildered by that noisy man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, you know how much I love Game of Thrones. Um, I, I definitely think it's up there as the best, one of the best uh, seasons. I don't know if it is the best, uh, but I've not watched the the early ones for quite a while. I, I don't one, know if I could narrow narrow it down to a favorite. Season, season one was pretty great. Season it one was, was great. pretty great. Um, yeah, but as you said, it was it was fast paced. They condensed everything down um, to the point where there weren't many scenes where you questioned why they were there. There were a few. Uh, <laughs> not, a, not, not an awful lot of scenes where you questioned 
why they happened. Um, it covered. <laughs> I mean, you, you think? Mean, are, you, are, you saying, you, are you saying the unsung with you? Is that what you're on about? Not just that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so the 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 kind of the the representation of uh, the your core characters was obviously way up. Usually they kind of meander off and, and show bits of uh, show bits of side characters, but it was all just your main guys. They were all John and Daenerys and Sansa and Arya and you know who else. There was very little um, side guys, but I, I suppose there's very little side characters left. Yeah. A lot of them are dead. That's true. But yeah. it's brought them back together. It has brought them back. We've got. So with the season being so short, there's just no time yeah. to drift off for side characters. Very rarely does it do that. Uh, season opens up with Walder Frey poisoning his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes his face off in it. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and it twig for me immediately no. that it was. Oh yeah. No, it took it's... a minute, and then I realised. I think it was the moment um, she turned to the to well, his current wife. He's obviously had quite a lot of them. Um, <laughs> he, turns, he turns to his wife, and she's like, uh, "Not you." Are you just like? He hates his wives. He, he he let the other one just get a throat slit by uh That's by true, Lady yeah. Stark. So it, I was like, "What? Do you like this one?" No, but then it, I thought something's not right. Something isn't right here. And as Ashley said, he just everyone dies. He pulls back the mask, and I is there, just like, "Fuck you all." Starks <laughs> are the bros. I'm in. <laughs> it moves on to Euron Greyjoy sailing to King's Landing with a shit ton of ships. I don't know how they've acquired those ships from uh, the Iron Islands over there. They have uh, a lot of hidden trees on those rocky islands over there. They really do. W- what a rock star Euron is, by the way. He's uh, he's changed characters quite a lot from the last one. He was a little bit bland in the previous season. Um, and they kind of yeah, amped, amped, of amped him up to be a bit more entertaining. He yeah. actually did a... Uh, the, the actor did an interview where he said... Okay. Um, You'll hate Euron far more than you ever hated Ramsey, and he's not gone to that level. Not yet. Uh, no, you know, not he's, yet. He's, he's not. He's not quite at that level. But no, uh, he's not there yet. yeah, he definitely kicked him up a notch. Um, if he was true to his the uh, version of him in the books, though, maybe. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's um, in the books. He's probably one of the most insane characters out there. Like actually, literally insane. Um, <laughs> And he's involved in a whole lot of crazy shit, like blood sacrifices, and and he's he's pure evil in the books. Um, kind of almost almost kind of like a Joker character in a sense, right. uh, that kind of level of insanity. Um, Is he as charismatic in the books? Uh, it, it's an odd one. Um, so the the version in the series seems to be a bit of a combination of uh, some characters from the books. So in, in the series, um, Euron has three brothers. Uh, right. Euron has his oldest brother, who's Balon, who's um, Theon's dad. Uh, he has Aeron, I think his name is, but I could be wrong with that name, who is the priest. Uh, he's the fellow who baptised uh, Theon in season two, uh, in the name of the Drowned God. And then okay. they have another character called Victarion, who... Um, He's quite a serious character. He's quite a, uh, you know, um, um, no-nonsense kind of guy. Uh, and he's the the, the series um, 
Euron seems to be of a bit of amalgamation of Buck Victarion and Buck Euron, um, okay. somewhere in between. Um, he's a good character. I've, I've enjoyed seeing him. I, he's been a lot more entertaining. He's very he entertaining. Yeah. yeah, he really is. Uh, over at Citadel, Sam is having a depressing time. <laughs> training to become so it's one of my favourite uh, points of the, of the show yeah. is the montage it's fantastic of Sam cleaning two shit long, emptying but... shit pouring food that looks like shit it's just it's a hell of a time it's about two it minutes kept, long kept going yeah it's, it it's going. so long but it works so well I mean I don't think Game of Thrones has done a montage so far at that level or anything I don't think there um, has been a montage no no it and I, I think I, I'm sure that a, a, a director or producer at some point I've, I've seen something he really didn't want to do a montage um, but he felt that Sam's portrayal of how daily life is continuous repetitive um, he thought that was the perfect time to have one and I agree I think he, I think he, it, was, it was really well done uh, John way- Bradley West has just fantastic comic time and I think he's a, he's a really funny actor yeah absolutely and I, I love uh, Sam's character progression from the coward that you see in season one, episode two or three or whatever. Sam's introduced to uh, him, him becoming, you know, living up to being a man and being a brother of the Night's Watch and taking charge. And it's uh, I've enjoyed Sam's journey. He's one of my favorite characters. Stealing his dad's sword. Stealing his dad's sword. Well, you would, because what? God, Randall, Tarly. He's a prick. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> looks, he looks like he's got away with it now as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's alright. Dad's not going to come chasing him anytime soon. <laughs> uh, we first meet uh, Jim Broadbent as the Archmaster Ebros. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Ebros, um, I think. Is it Ebros? Yeah, I think so. He's, he's, he seems to be the only one who will uh, give Sam a chance. No one will really believe him about the Army of the Dead or anything like that, but he's Jim Broadbent is a little more open to it. So, this fella seems to be a bit of a... Um, uh, he's not quite the same character as, as I'm comparing him to um, there is a maester at the citadel in the books called Archmaester Marwan and Marwan mm-hmm. is um, Marwan is the archmaester of um, all the archmaesters have different areas which they are experts in um, Marwan is an archmaester, he's an expert in like magic uh, right. and the magics of the world so he's been following Daenerys uh, and the dragons and such quite closely um, and it's Sam who gets introduced to Marwan in the series um, there's also quite a few interlocking stories that happen at the Citadel uh, okay. but um, Marwan's the guy who believes him uh, in the in the books and right. this e- Ebros guy seems to be seems to be that um, he's not quite as proactive as Marwan ultimately was in the books um, how do you mean proactive? Um, Merwin is, is, is meant to be known as a he's a bit of a thug uh, he's not necessarily a nice person he's a bit of a thug he's a bit of a um, bit of a wheelie dealer if you know what I mean he's all always caught in uh, in like bars with, with rough people and stuff like that and ultimately Merwin actually gets off his arse and sails to um, Marine to go and find Daenerys because oh. Daenerys needs a, they're saying Daenerys needs a, um, a, a maester, so he goes and does that uh, towards the end of uh, Dance with Dragons, I think it might have been. Um, okay. Not quite sure actually, and ultimately, um, 
you know, this this mace, the thing, seems to count for a little bit more in the series. Uh, sorry, in the books than it does in the series. Um, the maesters, it's suspected, though it's not confirmed, that the, the maesters are the reason the, the dragons died out in the first place. The maesters don't like magic. Right. They wanted to stamp it all out in the world. Um, they were... The, the theory is that they actually poisoned the previous dragons um, mm. to try and remove them from the world and then there's a, obviously a hint in that you know they might try to do the same with Daenerys' dragons okay um, interesting yeah uh, from the citadel we move on to Arya, roaming the lands, roaming through the wild, and she stumbles across some Lannister soldiers with some familiar faces. <laughs> one of these soldiers is Ed Sheeran in one of the most absurd cameos I think I've ever seen. How do you... Yeah. What, do you what do you think about that? It was placed. I mean, I mean it, didn't, it didn't need it. It didn't really... It, it didn't add anything with it being Ed Sheeran. The scene itself... Um, I think it added a bit of normality back to Arya. Um, just I think a bit of that a, was the intent, yeah. Yeah, it was that just, was the intent. Yeah, it was just communicating with with the soldiers from the, the Lannister army. Um, that they're just normal. It was a nice moment. Yeah, it was, yeah. That these they're just guys normal are, people. Are bad guys. They're, they're just yeah. following orders. There's nothing, nothing that they've done. They're just following orders of their queen, um, and not everyone is like can be like assigned to. They're a Lannister. They're a, they're a bastard, they're an enemy. Realistically, they're just, just people. Um, and I think that's something that I started to realise at that point. Um, mm -hmm. and I, she's, I think Arya our, yeah. needed that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people like to support Arya because she's a strong female character, but we also can't look away from the fact that she's a bit of a psychopath at this point. Yeah. Um, she is a bit of a serial killer and a bit of a psychopath. Uh, she's just murdered a room of Freys in the scene, her scene prior to this, and mm -hmm. sort of no remorse for that. And, and openly uh, tells the soldiers that she's on her way to kill the queen. Yeah, she openly does. Yeah. That, she's cha she's challenging them to stop her, I guess. Yeah. Um, in and terms of laugh. Ed Sheeran's, they all just yeah. laugh. Well, it's... who would believe the little yeah, girl? Yeah, they don't there. take her seriously. No, absolutely. Yeah. But I think that's that moment there for Arya is she said it, um, expecting some sort of retaliation, but she doesn't get it. Um, she just gets a laugh, a joke, and it, and it just ties it back to, to they're just normal people. They probably, just yeah, want, they, they probably want Cersei dead themselves because they're sick of what, what's going on. But yeah, that's but, her um, queen, and uh, that's their queen, and they've, um, they've just got to follow orders. Yeah, it's a nice moment. Uh, and the reason I say that, that Ed Sheeran cameo is absurd, not because I dislike Ed Sheeran, but it really just took me out of the moment. Him yeah. Being there. yeah. It felt a little bit unnecessary. Ultimately, I think it was harmless because it didn't it didn't subtract or add anything to the scene. It was just all the Sedgeer. Yeah, yeah, um, Sedgeer. Let's just get him because we can. Uh, we'll have him sing. Yeah, a little jarring. Uh, yeah, but ultimately harmless. It's like adding Harry Styles into Dunkirk. It it didn't really. I didn't notice it as much as as Boyd did with Ed Sheeran, but that's because it was it was in your I mean, face. He turned around and looked at you and like, I'm Ed Sheeran. That's pretty much what the camera angle did. <laughs> Whereas Harry Styles' character, when they did that, it was just, it was subtle. It was just a character. He looked like just a normal Marine. He barely, he barely said anything. Um, yeah. That was I fine. I didn't Harry mind Styles that. Looked like. 
I had to ask yeah. afterwards. <laughs> which which one was Harry Styles? That, well, the Harry no Styles thing is completely different. He wasn't hired because he's Harry Styles. Yeah. He yeah. auditioned as an actor, and Christopher Nolan didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Uh, so he got the part just based on his talent. So I'm okay with that one. Yeah. The, the Ed Sheeran one was clearly just because of who he is. And like I said, he took me out the moment, didn't add anything. No. Yeah. I'm not not a fan of it, really. But the, the scene was nice. It was a nice moment. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as Sam is uh, collecting balls, just doing his routine, uh, we meet uh, Jorah the Explorer. His bike reaches out <laughs> with his disgusting uh, uh, grayscale arm. And uh, yeah, he's now at the Citadel. He's, uh, he's in the cell, unfortunately. You just Looking see the arm, cure. don't you? That's all you see, first of all. It's just this this arm that comes out of a, a door, at the hole in the door, like a, like a prison door, just shoots yeah. out, grabbing for Sam and. It's just, oh, the arm. It's like, don't touch. It's just, disgusting. Just stay away. Jesus. And we'll see how disgusting uh, that is a little later on. Uh, Daenerys arrives back at Dragonstone. It's a homecoming. Uh, really cool set at Dragonstone. I thought the rock formations were really nice and the big dragon heads. Uh, we haven't seen it since uh, Stannis was there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it was filmed in two places, though, um, that scene. Okay. Um, there was a... I'm sure something's. I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I'm sure one of it was Scotland, and somewhere else was in like some sort of Spain. Um, and it was two different. Be- I think the beach was the area that they liked the rock formations, like it looked like sort of scales from the back of a dragon. It looked like the ridge from the back of the dragon on repeat. It kind of looks like that's. Yeah. This is the right area for where where dragons come from. Um, well, that's that's not necessarily. Sorry, again, I'm I'm gonna bang on about the boot box. Cool. Dragons don't come from Dragonstone. No, I, I didn't know, but in the past. Um, yeah, so yeah. Uh, the the Targaryen family, who came from Valyria, uh, which was kind of much closer to Marine than it is to Westeros. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Targaryen family sort of moved there. The Targaryens weren't necessarily a, a high noble family in Valyria. Um, the reason they're so important these days is just because they were pretty much the only family to survive the Doom of Valyria uh, and the dragons that they kept on Dragonstone because they lived there for a while were pretty much the only dragons to survive um, after right. after Valyria mm-hmm. went tits up or whatever it did okay, cool right, episode 2, Melisandre arrives at Dragonstone in uh tells Daenerys and Tyrion about uh, John, uh, how important she thinks he is. I suppose them to send a raven to uh, Winterfell asking them to, uh, asking John to come to Dragonstone and bend the knee. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, something we're going to hear a lot <laughs> yeah, in this season. You love Amelia Clark for that. You do. I don't like, I don't like Amelia Clark's ruler voice. No. Hmm. It, it bothers me. She's got a nice enough voice. It like it's, it's, it's fine, but she 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 goes into she a slows down when she says it. She slows down and she's bend the knee. It just bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. Uh, the Archmaster and Sam uh, have a look at Jorah. Uh, the Archmaster tells him he's only got six months before losing his mind, and he'll give him one more day. Uh, Jorah looks at his sword and well, they both look at the sword I think implying that he should maybe kill himself because mm-hmm. they're going to send him to uh, Valyria right? yeah I guess 
too. Look um, how his days with the uh, Stoneman, McCollum, the Stoneman. Yeah. Um, I think I I like I like uh, Ian Glenn is it? Who's yeah. the, yes. I like his portrayal of Jorah. I like Jorah as a character. I think this devalued Grayscale a little bit. It's supposed okay. to be a little bit more significant, I guess, than it is. Um, he does play a little bit more of a, a significant role in the books. Um, right. It doesn't seem to be all, all that bad if he kind of recovers from it so quickly as he does. I mm-hmm. guess we'll get on to that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it's 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 an interesting way of bringing these characters together. And I like seeing them in the same room because they've been worlds apart for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm it's nice. Okay there's a lot. There's a lot of that in in this season. A lot of characters reuniting, and a lot of characters meeting for the first time. It's that always gives me that fuzzy feeling. I just, I just like it. Like you said, they've been worlds apart, and it's, uh, it's, it's a cool thing. It's all coming together. Yeah. We've only got uh, one season left. God, is it only one season? It's only one season, and I believe it's two years it's to wait. Five or six episodes. Yeah. Oh six my god. It's even shorter than this one. Um, That's depressing. So Longer episodes though. Not by much. Yeah. Not by much. I think they're, they're estimated about an hour fifteen uh, per episode, rather than but the usual hour. I heard, an, I heard an hour and a half. Right. right. Um, either way, for to get a whole season's worth of shit that's yeah. happening currently into six episodes is going to be a push. Not a lot left. No. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I know we've got to wait about 2019, April is a is a rough estimate now for. It's um, gonna be a long way. Oh god! And now my watch <laughs> begins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on the on the way out the room, Jor reveals his last name to Sam. Tells him that he's Mormont, and uh, that kind of lights a fire under Sam to uh, go look for a cure for him. Because mm-hmm. how how highly he regards uh, the Lord Commander Jor Mormont. From there, we uh, we go to one of my. Least favorite scenes of of the show. It's the come on, it's your favorite. It's the sex scene with it's... Missandei and Grey One. <laughs> right, yeah. If you can call it that, it's not sex. It's there's not a lot going on. He's not got a lot going for him. Let's say that. <laughs> this is one of the this is one of the scenes that sprung to mind where I said there wasn't much wasted. Um, I think this this, this, this is literally this was, you know, Ken and ultimate. Barbie. Ultimately, the 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 woman who plays Missande is very very beautiful. We get to see she her is. pretty much naked, great, but still, the story needs to go places, and I don't need to spend four minutes um, watching uh, two blunt ends bump. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Also, I hate how every guy in the show just knows how to give head just from doing nothing. What the fuck? John and Ecrids, and he was like fucking master. She loved him. She loved it. <laughs> Same thing here. Same thing here. Like, oh, and this this scene spawns one of the worst delivered lines in the entire in television. I hate it. It makes me cringe. But we're gonna get we're gonna get there a little later on. <laughs> uh, Sam tells the Archmaster he's found a way to cure Jorah by. Uh, Mr. Pylos, um, the Archmaster, unfortunately, informs Sam that Mr. Pylos died from grayscale attempting it. That doesn't deter Sam. He sneaks into Jorah's room that night and he 
does the procedure, and oh my god, it's disgusting. It's alright for Sam, I know it makes him throw up perhaps a little bit, but... It's a very what? well done scene. <laughs> it looked so painful. Orman's got the worst part of it. Yeah. Oh, Jorah, poor... Jeez, I might... That's like having every single bit of your skin flaked off. That's exactly off with like. a pair of tweezers all over you, apart from perhaps your face and your... What is it? His right arm? Perhaps not his left. Um, but oh, his entire chest, his, his, his abdomen, everything. Ian Glenn played it so well. He's, he's groaning, he's squeaking, he's whimpering. There's pus coming out of the wounds. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, but a... But a Brilliant scene. I thought it. I thought it was, it was played very, yeah, it was really well. well. Makeup well, effects, like, fantastic. They were. Yes. They, 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 they looked dragon scaleish as well. It looked. It looked really strange. Um, yeah. As he, as he like, there's a, there's a scene where he gets the pair. He gets the tweezers and he pulls a flake up. A big flake comes oh. up. Pulls yeah. it off and the pus comes out. It looks like a oh. flake from like a lizard or, a, or some sort of reptile. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you can you can feel it. You know when you. You know when you get a scab and you get the wrong end or accidentally get something and you pull it. Oh yeah. my god! It's, it you can feel you feel the pain that's about to like what is going on um, yeah, at that it was, moment. It was Jorah. done very it's, well. It was oh, props props wow. to the to the visual effects guys, the, the makeup guys. It, they did very well. It looked it, it looked horrific. Yeah. Um, we get another reunion of characters now. Arya meets up with Hot Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we meet Hot Pie for the first time? Was that season two, season one? I think, I think it was season two because it was it was after it was after um, Sean Bean got his head lost again. Yeah. He always dies in pretty much everything he does. She was uh, on a on a little journeys after that, obviously after leaving King's Landing. Yeah, they um, were on the wagon. They were on the wagon. The majority of those guys were heading to the wall to join yeah. the Night's Watch. That's right. Arya was going to be dropped off by Yorin at uh, yep. Winterfell. That's where she met Jack and Hagar, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot Pie tells her about the Battle of the Bastards. About the Boltons losing and uh, John retaking Winterfell. It's inter- it's interesting that they call it the Battle of the Bastards in the show. It I, is. I find that kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, in a minute we'll, we'll probably we'll talk about it in a second, but um, another thing I find interesting is if they were going by book. So we're off the books now. They're following their own. Pretty comfortably, path yeah. At this point, yeah. So the Battle of the Bastards would never happen in the books, right? Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, no. It's a completely different series of events. Um, it doesn't seem like um, Ramsay is going to be John's problem to deal with. Okay. Bear in mind, John's dead in the books. Um, yeah, right. So he's, he's not going to be. He's, books ended. Yeah, he's not going to be doing much fighting at the moment. We obviously, it's almost guaranteed that he'll yeah, get resurrected just, as he was yeah, in the I series. The, the situation at the moment in the books is uh, Roos Bolton's still alive, as is Ramsay, uh, and uh, Stannis is heading towards Winterfell, or at least currently venturing around the north to try and build up uh, support, um, mm-hmm. to go and attack and try and take back Winterfell from from the Boltons. Right. But there are... Um, there are forces on the inside of Winterfell that are working against the Boltons as well. John receives Sam's letter about the dragon glass at Dragonstone. Also re- receives a letter from Daenerys inviting him there. It's a win-win. Uh, it is. It, I mean, he needs to go there. What he a coincidence! Yeah. <laughs> it's, almost like it was, it's almost like it was written by someone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, who <laughs> um, John obviously needs to go, though. His, his only concern at this point is the Army of the Dead. That's all he's thinking about. And without consulting his men, without consulting Sansa, he accepts the invitation mm-hmm. to go to Dragonstone. It's something he uh, he does a lot this season. Yeah. Making makes rash decisions. Um, one of the things that I quite liked was that he at least recognised he was doing it. He was very much yeah. repeating the same mistakes that got him stabbed at yeah, the wall. Later in the uh, season, he, he literally says it's the attitude that got his father killed. But at least he recognised that he was doing it, and he did it anyway because he knew it needed to be done. Yeah. So his his conviction has not wavered despite being killed. Out in the wild, though, Arya comes face-to-face with Nymeria. And a pack. For the first time since season one, we're seeing Nymeria. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. She's, she's had an entire story arc in the books, right? Um, not so much a story arc, I guess. Um, one of the important things is that the Starks, or a large part of the Starks at least, are, are, are wargs. So yeah. as Bran can see into the eyes of like an animal, um, as can John and Arya. Um, John, throughout the series, sees through ghosts' eyes a bunch of times. In dreams, and, and, and in dreams, um, sometimes out of dreams, sometimes when he's in like daydreaming. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's, there's been points where eyes dream as well. Um, they've not they've not but, touched on it as much as well, perhaps the books have. But I think yeah, it's still so in there. Arya, uh, a lot of times, particularly when she's training in Bravos, uh, dreams through um, Nymeria's eyes. And she doesn't realise she's doing it. She just thinks she's dreaming that she's a wolf. But no, mm. this is this is actually happening. Uh, Nymeria is in the Riverlands hunting down Freys uh, with a, a pack of hundreds and hundreds of wolves, and she's the leader. Um, so yeah, so that this is this is the first time. I think I think really it's the first time that it's it's been indicated that uh, Nymeria is still knocking around. I, I can't really remember. Maybe yeah, they've mentioned the only it. Time they've... They, they may have the mentioned it here yeah, and there, but I'm not sure. I, I can't remember a single time. First, I mean, last time we saw Nymeria is when, when, when she made her run away. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen yeah. her since. Arya wants uh, Nymeria to come with her to Winterfell, but ultimately Nymeria turns away and Arya says the line, that's not you. I think this is one of my favourite scenes, uh, certainly in the early, early season. Um, it just mirrors season one. Uh, where she was sat down with Ned and Ned was telling her that she'd grow up and marry a, a lord and she'd uh, you know, she'd have lots of children and, and, and something like that and um, Arya was a little bit crestfallen and she said that, that's not me, you know, I'm, I'm not the type that's built to be a lord uh, a lady, sorry um, and that's exactly what she's echoing with Nymeria Nymeria's been living in the woods for years at this point alone uh, the vast majority of her life is this. This is who she is. Um, not to suddenly become a pet again for Arya. And I think Arya recognizes this because she can see, yeah. she can see herself in this in this wolf. Um, she understands entirely, and that I, I thought that that came across really well on screen. From there, we uh, were in the sea, and Yara and Ilaria Sand again, quite close. Making Theon pretty uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> she uh, well, names Theon. Up, she names Theon her protector, 
when she, when she becomes the queen of the Iron Islands. But just as she's saying that, Euron's fleet attacks. And we get a little bit of a shit battle. It's on the smaller scale for Game of Thrones, but yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty good sequence. It was too quick, though. I, it was a very, very big moment, I would say. Um, Euron's coming back. Um, they, they've done quite a few um, quite a few scenes where they've, they've had a lot more action, a lot more uh, intensity, and it was right at, it was at the end of an episode. I think it was crammed in, and I, I don't know whether that's something down to whether it's the seven episodes thing. Um, it I would could have been, so. I would, yeah, it could have. That's what I, I don't like. I would have wanted that moment to have um, felt more like it was. Uh, I can't think of the words. What do you mean, like grandiose, epic? Yeah. <sighs> you wanted a big scale battle. But it served its purpose. It was a good sequence. Yeah, ultimately it didn't. Obviously, with hindsight, it wasn't that much of a significant sequence, wasn't it? It felt bigger at the time. Yeah. When we first saw it. But when you look back, it wasn't that significant. So I think, I think they spent the right amount of time on it. You can't keep. Yeah, doing, I think I'd agree. You know, every battle can't be a repeat of the Battle of the Blackwater. No, but it can't. It can't be a forty-minute set piece. Mm-hmm. But it was in the same episode, though. That. Um... Uh, the Lannisters also attacked um, elsewhere, wasn't it? Um, um no, no, the next not. one. Sorry, I think I think that was episode three when uh, they go attack, they go take Highgarden. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> but just staying on this scene for now, um, Euron is such a villain. As he descends onto the ship, he's literally yelling ah as he <laughs> comes down, uh, kills two of the Sand Snakes. Quickly and as well. Yeah. No, I won't say quickly. They have, a, they have a bit of a they have a bit of a fight scene. I think they give him a, a, a bit of a run. Um, ultimately, he strangles um, Obara Sand. No, other way around. Sorry, he strangles Namiri Sand, plays by uh, Jessica Henwick from uh, Iron Fist, mm-hmm. plays Colleen, um, and impales Obara with her own spear. Yes. Nice. Yeah. He then captures Yara and uh, taunts. Theon with her to uh, come and get her. Theon ultimately uh, balls it. Does his usual gets, thing. Gets scared, gets timid, and uh, flees the ship. Jumps overboard. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I'm glad they didn't try to make a hero out of Theon too yeah. soon. Um, Theon showing scars from his time as a Bolton prisoner. Yeah. I mean, he was he was psychologically and physically tortured for years and years. Yep. And he seems to have recovered rather quickly in the series, but this just was a very stark reminder that no, he's he's not recovered. He's not Theon. Yeah, um, he's damaged. He's, he's somewhere in between Theon and Reek at the moment, mm-hmm. and this was Reek coming back out, and you can't really blame him no. for uh, for running away. Um, he's broken. He's he's still broken, yeah. um, and I. I I, I think the, the Theon before the, the, when he when he when he had the uh, the moments in back in I think season two um, where he tricks the Starks and says he's killed the two Stark kids mm-hmm. um, that sort of Theon was the Theon that I think would have fought um, on that boat back then he's been completely turned into someone else so far yeah, um, yeah. well I think I think. I think that that Theon's dead, isn't he? That yeah. the, that Theon, this Absolutely. kind of arrogant, cocky, um, 
guy who who you know thinks he deserves um, some credit for uh, taking Winterfell or whatever. Um, that guy's dead. That guy's not coming back. If Theon recovers, he's not going to recover into that fella anymore. He's going to recover into new Theon. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe Theon. some some not a, somewhat of a nice guy Theon maybe. Theon point two. Yeah, 2.0. Again, test, testament to Alfie Allen's acting. He plays uh, Reek Theon just so well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He does. Uh, John and Davos arrive at Dragonstone. They're greeted by Tyrion Lannister, and it's uh, it's another reunion. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, the last time uh, John saw Tyrion was at, at the wall. Tyrion pissing off the edge yeah. of the world, as he Ep- put it. Episode 2 or 3? Yeah, I think it was about episode 2. And... Uh, but they had they had a nice one. They had a nice one back at Winterfell, um, saying you know, all dwarves are bastards in the father's eyes. Yeah, you know these these guys can relate a lot to each other. Absolutely. Um, both the um, the outcast. Um, they got a lot to learn from each other, and I think that they remembered that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, it's just just nice to see these guys in the same room, because these yeah. guys are ultimately my two favorite characters. Of both the series and the books. Yeah. Um, so having them in the same place was great. I suppose it's another reunion of Davos and Dragonstone, which I, I didn't really realise uh, first watching, but of course he spent quite a lot of time there with Stannis. Stannis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we only saw the, uh, the the sort of the, the meeting room though when we were back with Stannis. When uh, um, it was nice to see. I'm oh, sorry, back to back to episode one, but that throne room. The throne, the throne was incredible. fantastic. Yeah, I completely and it, agree. And it mirrored the outside as well. It was, it was the, the beach, yeah, the, the rocks, the straight, rock formations. straight through the, the corridors, all the way up to that throne. Um, yeah. They, they, yeah, it they, looked they, fantastic. They did great for that place. Yeah, they, they've done a good... They've done a, done a really good job representing Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're going to come on to this, but I, I don't felt they did a great job representing Casterly Rock and Highgarden. Uh, but okay. they, de- they definitely did a good job with with uh, with Dragonstone. John and Tyrion uh, talk on the way up to the throne room. They say uh, Stark men don't fare well when they travel south. And John says, "I'm no Stark. I'm not a Stark." And just as he says that, Rhaegel flies over the top. Just uh, pointing out the pointing out the connection between those two. Yeah. Yep. Last time John sees a dragon. Um, yeah, I suppose it is, isn't it? It is. It's the first time I see a dragon, and it's um, yeah. it's a moment where you probably would be expecting the dragon to fucking pick you up and take you away because it was I I was shit to myself if that uh, <laughs> that happened to me. I mean, never seeing this, hearing of them, obviously, all of Westeros has probably heard <laughs> of the dragons of Daenerys, um, but to physically see one and it flying directly over your head um, in a place where you're not feeling too comfortable in the bit, sort of. On edge, yeah. um, probably would have been a moment for even Jon Snow, who's stood at the Battle of the Bastards on his own in the middle of a field, just with a sword, with a with a, a barrage of horses bailing down on him. Um, probably, I think it might have been a, a little bit like that moment of this is it, shit, Christ, it's gonna uh, something might happen here. Jon finally gets into the throne room, and we hear Daenerys's thousand titles. <laughs> so let me yeah. see if I get this right. 
Daenerys Stormborn and First Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, rightful Queen of the Andals and the First Men, protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the Mother of Dragons, Khaleesi of the Great Grand Sea, the Unburnt, the Breaker of Chains. And this is Jon Snow. He's King of the North. <laughs> he's King of the North, and that's about it. Yeah. Took a knife in his heart for, for his people. Yeah. I, I just love... That's so Davos, Davos, isn't it? No nonsense. That 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 scene is 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 Davos down to a T, and I love it. <laughs> so don't really. talk shit. This is Jon Snow. Simple as. Nothing else yeah. needed. But over at King's Landing, uh, Euron parades through uh, King's Landing with his prisoners. He's got Yara, Elari Sand, and uh, her daughter Tyene. Uh, takes them into the throne room and. Um, gets his reward or she tells him that he, he will have his reward he wants to marry Cersei of course yeah Abs- well an absolute rock star he is again just exudes charisma yeah I <laughs> it's it's a great scene it's interesting that uh, that suddenly the um, all the, the people are, are, are big fans after yeah. what he's done in the past that's right uh, and even in the series so he when um when the Iron Islands rebelled, which is when uh, Ramsay, uh, sorry, not Ramsay, when Theon became Ned Stark's ward mm-hmm. uh, after that fight, Euron was a bit of a villain during that thing. Um, burned the entire Lannister fleet. Um, I think that right, might, yeah, might have been Euron. Or it might have been Victorian. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm sure they did, bring it up. Did a lot of did a lot of bad things, but suddenly he's. Uh, <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. uh, they all love him, which yeah. I guess people are fickle. He, I mean, he talks about seeing uh, Jamie in battle and and uh, seeing him cut down his, you know, his family and stuff. And he's like, ah, well, he was getting crowded. Yeah, he's just he's he's, he's absolutely despicable. Mm-hmm. He gives uh, Cersei her two prisoners the uh, the sands, and she's been dying for him. Has them uh, has them in her cell and. Tells them with such joy what she's it's, gonna it's do. To them. It's brutal, it's, isn't it? It's that stands out now. This is Cersei. She's had yeah. um, her son Joffrey taken away in point previous to anything. I don't. Think, I still point say we're playing the most gruesome sort of bow outs in Game of Thrones. Um, the blood and the the, the snot and the. There's the, the, the red face and the eyes going bloodshot red the, in her arms. Um, and Ma- I think she's taking. Marcella, some... Marcella died yeah. directly at the hands of. Um, yeah. Of Larry yep. Sand. Exactly, and of course lost um, Tom's. Yeah. Um, so she's pretty pissed. She's, she's lost her children, and as, as you said, at, at the hands of uh, Ilaria Sand. And uh, with a kiss. Cersei kills Tyene with the same poison that killed Marcella. Yeah, I I love this scene. Um, I it was thought, a great scene. I thought Cersei, um, Lena Headey was brilliant at, at acting the entire thing. I noticed right at the beginning, but I, that she was wearing lipstick, but I didn't realize. Right. I didn't get it. I was yeah, like, I didn't twig some, at something's all. different. She's wearing, she's wearing, li- and I didn't didn't realize. Um, perfect, perfect yeah. way to get rid of these guys. And I assume we're not going to see him again, of course. They are, they I'm are sad. Done, uh, I was a little bit in love with Tyne son. She's beautiful. She is, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, such such a great way, such a, a way to, to yeah. show Cersei's ruthlessness. 
it's and divine it, justice it's, isn't yeah it? it's uh, yeah it's hell have no fury really isn't it it's absolutely Cersei is cold and calculated and yeah she, vicious, she vicious. Too, um, yeah absolutely vicious because when we, we we see how she will uh, she'll torture uh, people who've wronged her like the um the woman from the uh the church last season was it last season yeah the uh the one with the bell shame yeah. her that sister Ernella. yeah she uh she took she took great pleasure in in capturing her and torturing her and the same she will force Solaria to spend the rest of her days watching as her daughter dies and yeah and everything. Like, as an actress there that uh, that sort of reaction and portrayal of how she's feeling at that moment when realization as to the I'm two of them i mean we look at each other like here. oh my god like I'm I can't believe. going to be here for the rest of my life. They're going to keep me alive, looking at my daughter as she rots and turns into ash and bones. It's, yeah. Oh, I'm not a fan of Valeria Sand. I, I no, think she's a, but, she's a bitch and deserved it. But is. at the same time, it's heartbreaking to, to see because they played it very well. Do you know how much look? Look, like I mean, her husband had her his eyes and skull crushed, and now uh, two of her daughters have been killed, and a third one she's going to watch. Um, Die. Um, yeah. It's not worked out for the Sands. Bran finally arrives at Winterfell. He's returned. And oh my god, he's a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Bran. He's no longer Bran. He's the three eyed raven. He is. This, yes. is. this is an interesting turn for his character, I guess, because the last time we saw him an episode or two prior coming through the wall, he seemed alright. He seemed okay. Yeah. He didn't seem like uh, like like creepy stalker child. Like, like rough, the, the sort of guy <laughs> that would. It's a rough on. trip from the wall to yeah, Winterfell. Yeah, absolutely, things have, things have gone gone really rather badly for him in that series. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, Sansa's speaking to uh, speaking to him. He tells her that he is the Three Eyed Raven, and it's the, just kind of creepy. He, first, goes, he then goes on conversation with her. Special conversation with her, really. I mean, he's, he's obviously you were beautiful that night. You were, yeah. mate. <laughs> oh my god! He tells her he that she's beautiful in a wedding yeah. dress. The night so, she was raped. Ah uh, man. There's better ways, Bran, to tell people to tell that you know everything. Three, uh, yeah. The, yeah. I can see everything. I've seen everything that is, was, and ever will be. But the yeah. one thing you pull out of a hat is how your sister was raped. He could have said anything. I watched. I watched you stand there while Littlefinger killed your aunt or anything. Yeah. You know, I saw you. Only... I saw you pick your nose that one time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. you look so beautiful. He could have talked about the battle of the bastards. I've just seen you with the dogs with uh, Ramsay Bolton. You, you, I, oh, you were ruthless. But just anything. But the one thing he comes up with is just something that just shocks him. She just goes, like, no. hmm. Back at the Citadel, uh, the Archmaster inspects Jorah and the infection is no longer active. He's free to go. It's a miracle. Uh, Sam has miraculously done it, this excruci- excruciatingly hard procedure. Not got a lot He's of scar tissue either, considering he had all that shit peeled off it. No. Looks alright. Kind of looks like, kind of looks like Deadpool now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just under the suit. Heels really fast. I can burn yeah. penis. Jesus. From there, the uh, unsullied attack Castle Rock, using uh, Tyrion's secret cove and coming out th- uh, from under the uh, the ground there. Um, did you have something to say about Castle Rock, there, Greg? Um. Yeah. Oh, so Cas- Castle Rock is. Uh, 
it's never a scene in the, the, the books. You never see any characters there at Castle Rock. Uh, but it is described. And Castle Rock is supposed to be carved out of a mountain. Um, a, a huge mount, the, the Castle Rock itself. Um, it's supposed to be massive, absolutely colossal. Um, uh, underneath it has loads of gold mines and such, which is where the Lannister wealth comes from. Um, not, it didn't look quite like it was shown in the series. Okay. It actually looked a little bit small in the series, and didn't look as impressive as it um, as it should have done. What a very um, very big turn of events, though. Follows from obviously you're expecting the Unsullied to be alive. Mm. They take Castle Rock, um, and then Euron shows and up and teleporting bolts. Yeah. <laughs> well, not to mention how the Unsullied got there in the first place. The people get around fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, last season, Varys showed up at dawn, and then a minute later was on the ships coming from Essos over to Dragonstone. This is your, uh, you're jumping around the moment. This, this, this little period where things are starting to jump around. Yeah, um, this happens so much in, in this season, people just travelling around absurdly fast in, in yeah. this world. The Lannisters, or the Lannister army, approach Highgun. Which is why it was so we, easy to take. Yep, right. and um, and again, High Guns, another one that should have um, looked a little bit different than it was described. How's it described? It was described again as a as a very big, beautiful castle, uh, loads of gardens, loads of beautiful hanging gardens and such like that. They even describe it in the series like that, uh, where like right. Marjorie or Olena will talk about how um, how nice it is at High Gun. I think she was telling Sansa about it when she was going to marry Loras to him. Um, mm. And it, you know, it didn't look, uh, it didn't look that nice of a place. It looked a little bit run down. Yeah. Uh, we don't even see the battle for Highgun. It just skips ahead, and the Lannisters have won. And then we get the scene. One of the scenes of of the show is Elena and Jamie. Yeah. Before Elena dies. And a masterclass by Diana Rigg again. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. She she's she's played her fantastically all the way up, and she just. Outdoes herself in this scene. She finishes on a high. If, if, if she really does. If you're ever going to come, if you're going to have to go, um, at the hand of your enemy, then kick him in the balls when you do it. Um, she tells Jamie that she was the one that killed Joffrey. Cold. Um, via poison after, after he's done the the, the kind of thing and given her a painless po- uh, poison to finish her off. Um, but I mean, he is still killing her. Yes, I know, but in, in comparison to the way that Joffrey, Joffrey oh, he's died, he's, and the he's way killing she, me de- nice. she describes it to him, it's, that it, she enjoyed nice, every it is, moment. I kid. Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> See, a it's a it's a cold line. Yeah, tell Cersei I wanted to know it was me. And and this is quintessential Game of Thrones, isn't it? It's just th- that in itself. Um, is quintessential Game of Thrones this sort of harsh reality of the world? Uh, you know, people aren't always nice guys. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was out for themselves, and she um, she just takes her opportunity to twist that knife. Uh, her last opportunity she's going to get, just dig it in a little bit deeper, and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. It was a great scene. It really was. Over at Winterfell, Littlefinger gives Bran the dagger, the same dagger that tried to 
well, that was going to be used to kill him in uh, season yeah. one. And he was paralyzed. Right. Yeah. 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 I, when he was still comatose, I believe. He was, he was. He was comatose, yeah. yeah. Being pushed out of the, uh, out of the uh, tower. Bran then quotes back the line to Littlefinger, Chaos is a ladder. A line he uh, said to Varys some years ago. And I think Littlefinger at this point knows that maybe... Uh, maybe this isn't the guy he's, he can fuck with as easy. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the, kind of the, the jig is up with, uh, with Bran. Um, Bran is incredibly cold towards Mira Reed as she's leaving. Oh, it, was a little, it was crushing, wasn't it? Yeah, you gotta it feel, you gotta feel for Mira. I like the actress. I think she plays it really well. Um, yeah, she does. Yeah, she went through Damn. the wall, yeah. back over there. I mean, she lost her brother. Yeah. Um, and he just he, he just says goodbye in a in a way that's thank you, thank you. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah. I hope we do see her again. Yeah, I hope so too. I I agree with you. Um, And disappointed with the brand other side of the wall wall sort of um, scenes, to be honest. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Hodor death is a standout point. I'm not clowning that at all. That that was a shocking um, point of events. Um, But not on that, it's the scenes that happened over there, you don't. I don't think they got to know the two characters other than Hoda that were, that were with him um, as much as we probably could have done. I think we um, ran out of book book plot too quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the so book too. the book leaves Bran not longer after he's arrived in that tree, and not long right. after he's met um, the three eyed raven. Um, and. I assume George R. R. Martin's got a plan for all this. I assume that it's not necessarily going to follow the path that the series has taken. Mm-hmm. The series, you know, had him go out there, had him do a little bit of uh, a little bit of homework, a little bit of extra schooling, and yeah. then got him out, which maybe feels a little bit wasted. Um, mm-hmm. But time will tell. As as it you know pertains to Bran's kind of mood, is the way he's, the way he is now. I, I get what they're going for. He sees all of all of time, everything that's happening, everything that's happened. I can get I can get I, I can see where they're going. Where he's so numb to the yeah. world. It's kind of a similar thing to uh, Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good that's a very good point actually. I never really thought of it that way. That's a very yeah. good point. Yeah, 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 he has a he has a similar situation. He's so. You know he's evolved so much past you know humanity. He finds it hard to connect with. Yeah. You know. Well, he would because you realistically, if you see um, everything that was, is, and now will be, where where is don't your head at? Because don't don't think he can is... see the future. No, he can't. No. Oh, he, yeah. he says that. He says as much. Yeah. He can. He can see. He can see, he can see ideas. Can... He can't see everything fixed. It's not fixed. He can um, see the past, but he has to consciously go and see it. Like, he doesn't see it all at the same time, despite this This is what he suggests. But, I mean, okay. you know, later on we we find out that he's not seen the fact that uh, Lyanna and Rhaegar got married in secret. So it seems right. like he does have to target it a little bit. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Which just seems a little bit mixed signals of what's going on. But still, mm-hmm. you know, despite all that, you can understand why he's in this... Why is he he doesn't know where his head's at. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he's getting so much information at one time, it's hard to... Yeah. Hard to pinpoint where you are in the timeline. Bran, yeah. Bran as the character has almost been lost under everything. Maybe yeah. still luring a little bit. Maybe still creep out every so often. We might see him as Bran again. So but, much so uh, he doesn't even identify as Bran Stark. He, like, he says that I'm not really... I'm the I'm three-eyed the raven. Yeah. <laughs> Mira says to him, you know, you died in that cave. And then Arya shows up at... Uh, Winterfell was probably told to fuck off <laughs> by the best guards ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She stood outside. Um, she tells him exactly who she is. Um, no, she's dead. Arya Stark's dead. He even tries to punch her in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus, <laughs> who is so, this guy? Can you can you imagine? I, I, can you imagine actually if he hit her and then Sansa found out that she's. These two guards had turned away yeah. her sister, That's who she hadn't seen since series one. Let's <laughs> um, imagine Arya didn't go off and do all this great stuff. She's just been like barely surviving. She's still that little girl, and she finally gets back, and this dude clocks her <laughs> right in the jaw. <laughs> oh God, That's grim. They go, they go and tell, they go and tell um, Sansa, don't they? They go to her room, they tell her that they have this little this girl that came, she was probably a nobody, um, and Sansa realises, she's like, no. Well, she realises because she, she, I know she, I know named, she, she named Sir Roderick and um, yeah. Mr. What's his name? Mr. Lewin. Mr. Lewin. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, Sansa knew who it was. She goes and finds her down in the uh, crypt looking at the statue and it's um, it's, a, it's so, another reunion but it's a little awkward I thought what do you think is, of it? they've never got on have they? Um, no Sansa no. and Arya so they they have, not, they've never been the closest to them yeah they absolutely didn't get along the whole time Sansa has been this girl who's always wanted to be a princess a queen um, dressed up dolled up um, and Marry she, got that, with, she, live yeah, she after. got that with Joffrey whereas Arya's never wanted that She's um, she wanted to be a fighter. She's always wanted to be um, part of the the little well not the little people but the the, the, the normal people. She's never wanted um, royalty um, like Sansa has, and I think that showed their sort of two polarities when they both met again. Mm. So yeah. the um, the 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 one of the siblings that Arya was always closest to was was John. John. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Arya wasn't necessarily an outcast, whilst John was, but Arya uh, always felt more kinship with John, whereas Sansa, it's hard to say who she felt most kinship with because she was so wrapped up in her sort of um, her little world of, of princes and princesses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, they they absolutely didn't get along, um, and you can see that, you know, suddenly uh, not everything's going to be great just because she's back. There's still some issues yeah. though. Yeah, they're happy to see each other, but that 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 stuff is oh, still there deep yeah. down. And I mean, if this whole time are you he's seeing still views Sansa as this kind of I mean, she was a bitch in season one. Oh yeah. Like like in the first couple of episodes before all the shit went down, like she was she was horrible in the first episode. Mm. There's this there's a scene in uh, King's Landing where Ned goes and brings her some dolls, and it's like, yeah, these are the ones that. Marcella, Princess Marcella used to play with and like Sansa just shit all over and testament to Sean Bean he looked crushed. <laughs> like just Sansa was just horrible. Well John then, John knew I I mean he was episode two of season one. John 
gives Arya needle. Yeah. Um, yeah. She gets needle from John. John knows exactly who Arya wants to be. Um, and 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 that's why she treasures it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's given to her by John. It's yeah. It's not necessarily a special sword. It's not a Valyrian steel sword. It's just it's just a sword. Um, but it's because it was a gift from John. That's why she treasures it so much throughout all these seasons, to the point where, when she was training in Bravos, when they told her to get rid of all of her stuff, she keeps it. She she hides it in a wall, because um, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to let go. She don't want to let go of of uh, of her her relationship with John. And that's one of the things that kept her Arya Stark as opposed to becoming nobody. She- she loses it when she's with the hound as well, doesn't she? To the uh, to the guards. Yeah. Uh, um, right, Polliver, yeah. I think Polliver was it who stole stole it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I then she remember. um, she stabs it through his throat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was one of your favourite scenes with another classic quote from yourself with the hound when you're talking about the talking about the um the swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll take two chickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll eat every fucking chicken in this place or whatever the line is. I love the hound. He's great. Uh, Santa takes Arya to go meet Bran. And uh, Bran is Bran. But Bran, I think he's developed a little bit of tact. He, I think maybe after he said what he said to Sansa, he's like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the one he uses for Arya is he mentions a list. And that's how she knows. So it's a, it's a little better. Subtle. But then Sansa questions that. What's, what's this list? Um, I think I had already mentioned the list by that point, but I don't think she'd taken it very seriously. Yeah, didn't, didn't. yeah but because it had come out from Bran, um, yeah. and she was talking about who was obviously on the list, they're, they're, they're um, oh, most of them are dead. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. It does uh, explain. Bran uh, yeah. gives Ayu the... Uh, the dagger the little finger just gave gave to him and uh, she'll be using that a little later on with a dragon stone here we are we've arrived it's the worst line I can't stand it Daenerys <laughs> uh, as, as Daenerys and Andy are walking down we need a drum roll for this for this line I think we do it doesn't need any more build up <laughs> as Daenerys and Sunday are walking down the steps um Daenerys asks, what happened between you and Grey One? Missande delivers the Sorry. many things. <laughs> oh, God. Why even write it? Why even write that line? I, I, maybe it doesn't sound as bad to you or to anyone else, but I just, I just find it so cringy. It's horrible. Can you imagine many if the, things, the series many ended there? It was like, many things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. What happened? Many things. Many things? Many things. Many things. Oh god, how many times? That's enough. That's enough of that. (laughs) Daenerys goes and speaks to John. And uh, John shows shows him her finger paintings. The drawings. That's right. He's just done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> takes her takes her into the cave and shows her that there's a shit ton of dragon glass in there. But oh, hang on, there's there's something else. What's that on your sleeve? It's not chalk. <laughs> it's look. These drawings were definitely made by the children of the forest. <laughs> they weren't. You didn't just do it. Nope. No, nope, nope. it was definitely them. Look, first men. Look, 
White Walkers. They're fighting White oh. Walkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yeah. See him, you can see him just turn to Davos and he's just like wiping his jacket up. You've got a bit on you. Just rub it off. The, the, uh, <laughs> this, this scene be cool, is be so cool, guys. Come on. Be cool. <laughs> We can pull this off. <laughs> this scene is played so straight, but I, I, I couldn't help thinking that that's that he, he's just drawn those. He's literally just drawn. <laughs> but it's, 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 it works because that's what uh, she buys it. Yeah, she does. That's what persuades uh, an area that there is White Walkers. It's the first first little bit of evidence, other than what John has said, that points directly to the fact that what he said is true. Mm-hmm. Back at Winterfell, Arya and uh, Brienne spar. There's a little fight scene and uh, has Sansa and Littlefinger watch on from above. Are you getting the best of Brienne? No idea why. Well, you didn't like it? Um, I think it served a point. It was to illustrate to Sansa that Arya is not the same person anymore. That she's more than capable of looking after herself. Um, My question stems from where did Arya learn how to use a sword? No. In her own words, uh, no one. Do you not? Do you not? Do you not find that the, um, that scene was? It was kind of a, a little bit difference between the two characters, between Sansa and Arya. Not in the sense of um, just the as if Arya is a fighter, but the fact that Arya was holding her own, and the fact that Sansa was stood with Littlefinger at the back. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a juxtaposition. It's Sansa looking like the Lady of Winterfell, looking down upon people sparring in the law uh, in the yard like uh, Kathleen used to do when her and Ned used to watch Bran and John and and um, and uh, whoever else sparring in the yard. So yeah, it's 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 showing not as though it was more that Littlefinger had the influence over Sansa. Possibly, yeah. It was, it was more a sort of um, a visual representation of. Um, I didn't necessarily see that. No. Um, yeah. What do you mean that that Sansa's under his control, so to speak? Is that what, is that no, what you're No, I'm, I'm not saying he's under control, but she is. Um, but under his influence, directed. you know. She is yeah. directed by Littlefinger. Yeah. Um, she's. I, di- I didn't see that personally. I, no. I mean, you can you can see Littlefinger. You can see the you know the kind of cogs turning in his head. He's. Yeah. He's, he's always devising a plan. I um, I, I felt the scene, uh, at least with Arya and Brienne, I felt that it um, it made Arya seem cool. I guess is the word I'm going to mm. use. But at the at the um, at the negative to Brienne, because Brienne's supposed to be one of the best fighters there is. Yeah, one of the best fighters there is, and it sort of depreciated Brienne a little bit to bring Arya up to her level. Um, Especially as um, Arya and uh, Sansa were two people that uh, she'd been asked to protect. Yeah. yeah. Um, she'd been asked to protect them and to look after them, to look after the Stark girls, and Arya didn't need it. Arya could hold her own. She could hold her own against Brienne. Um, she, I think it was more maybe possibly a bit of realisation that she was now no longer needed in the sense that she was originally her, like, wanted to be. Um, 
Sansa was back at uh, Winterfell. Um, she was technically, obviously, back with John. John was uh, going to look after her, um, do what he could, and Arya didn't need help. Um, mm. A bit of realization for Brienne that yeah. maybe maybe I've done everything I needed to do. And it and it yeah. and it showed that um, in her scene with Pod, where she is explaining to Pod that she didn't actually do anything to bring Arya and Sansa back to safety. Yeah. Um, right. And Pod says, "No, you did." You know, kind of like. Yeah don't, don't, so yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. You did. You might not have done it directly, but you influenced the situation um, with the right mindset, with you know all the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Don't um, don't take that away from yourself. Yeah. I like I like Pod. I think he's uh, he's, a, he's a good character. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a nice he's, Pod. He's, normal. he's magic he's, cock. He's, <laughs> he just he, he just he adds a bit of normality. He's, yeah, he he's, groans. He's, yeah, he um, yeah he does. He does. He's kind of. I think he's kind of how I would be myself if I was there. I would be trying to. Okay. Uh, do, do you not feel that though? I mean, like, he's the he's a normal character. He's the person you sort of underestimate. Um, he's got nothing overly sort of. I worry about your imagination though, Ben. Like when I when I see myself in Westeros, I don't see myself as Pod. You know. No, I'd like to think I'd like to think that I was kind of like uh, Jon Snow, you know, kicking ass and yeah. stuff. But yeah. in reality, no, I I probably would be a pod. Yeah, yeah. I would be a pod. In in real in realistic terms, I would probably be a pod. I mean, yeah. Yeah, for example, you, you you wouldn't want to be a Viserys. Um, no, in all honesty, I'd probably I'd probably be a Reek. <laughs> well, they both got no cocks, so it's entirely up to you which one you choose. Um, <laughs> No, um, it's, that, that's 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 yeah. In in real terms, that's probably who I would be. So I'd like a bit more attachment to, to that character. This is this is the normal side. I think like I'm, when I'm when thinking. Um, I think I'd be sorry, hot one. pie. It's like when, it's like when Brienne <laughs> right. went over and she starts she starts to spice just wanting to spar and it's like pod stand aside and he's just happy with it. He's like yeah, no yeah. problem. I'll stand to the side and I'll watch. I'm not going to. Just compete. happy to be alive. He, he I is, think he's just he's just living life. <laughs> yeah, he's just coasted through all this shit, and he's still he's still here. I followed her. Followed her while she's she's off after everyone. She's after the hounds. She's after this. She's doing this. She's chasing after the Lannisters. She's chasing to Jamie. We've gone down the river on our little boat. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm safe. I'm in a nice place now. This <laughs> is it's, it's strange. I uh, I can't help thinking as Sansa's watching over uh, your fight. Um, how just useless do you feel at this point <laughs> you know like all his siblings have gone on to achieve so much John's now you know king in the north he was lord commander of the night's watch he's done so much Bran is Bran um, Bran is the three eyed raven you know and I know he's just this amazing fighter and faceless man and Sansa's just I mean she's lady of Winterfell but she's been a victim the entire time, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, the, the only thing um, I'd say that Sansa has had a um, a direct influence on the changing of events um, is obviously the battle. The battle, communicating yeah. with Littlefinger and getting the Knights of the Vale to come to help. Um, yeah, she a, could have. She could have given John a bit of a warning. <laughs> she really could. You know, um, it almost was too late. Let's let's face it. They, it they was, almost like, all died. Yeah. Give it another, give it another twenty, another two minutes, and that whole uh, crowd would have been dead. Um, yeah. She left, she cut it fine. She left it to the last minute. 
over at um, High Garden now. Bron wants a castle. They're discussing. He gives him his gold. Um, we get a nice little comedic moment with uh, Dickon, Tarly. Dickon. <laughs> I, I love Bron's reaction to that. It's just great. Jerome yeah. Flynn plays Bron so well. I love Bron. Bron's one of my favourite characters. Yeah. Um, at this point, we hear the Dothraki coming over the hill in the distance. We hear their uh, screeching. Well, you hear something. You don't, don't know think... it's them yet. Yeah, I think that's just the sound of them teleporting in. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive again really quickly with no explanation of how they got there, but yeah. um, Did, maybe Drogon carried think... yeah, them. Yeah, they've not heard of scouts in Westeros anymore. They just... these, these giant nets dragging across the sea. Scouts, yeah, um, yeah, I think. Each Dothraki held onto a spike on Drogon. <laughs> yeah. No, but I... I do you know what this scene reminded me of when I when I saw it? Um, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, the third one, The Return of the King, when the uh, Rider of the Rohirrim come over the hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really felt like that. I was I was stood there. I, well, I was sat there. I was sat there but <laughs> um, my, my my jaw dropped at this moment. I was like, oh wow. I was not expecting this at this point because the the like the the talk between um, Jamie and Dickon and um, Ron was just so normal. It was just like, oh, we've just done this. We've just mm. done this. It was, uh, we've got the gold. We're, the gold's safe. Uh, it, it felt like uh, they were tying up an episode. Yeah, um, yeah the, the gold is going through the gates at King's Landing at this point. It, yeah. I think they said, someone said something like that. Yeah, the gold is safe. Uh, we just need to get these carts in. It's going to take a while, but yeah, we're all all right now. We've done that. We've done what we needed to do. Um, and he, like Greg said, you, you hear this this sound. You, you don't know what it is. The um, yeah, and these little jeers and these little cheers and screams and and, and whoop whoops or whatever they're doing. <laughs> whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> That's the sound yeah. of the Dothraki. <laughs> but then you just you just see this um, this very wide shot of the of the hillside, um, and it's. It just it's it's covered, it's covered yeah. from left to right of the screen with Dothraki Dothraki horses. Um, it's a great show of them coming over the hill. As they come over the hill, so does the dragon, and bellowing huge, and and Khaleesi and the da- Daenerys uh, running on top. Uh, dragon looks incredible. It does. Um, huge epic battle now commences, and uh, this whole thing was just such a great sequence. It always starts though. What with the with the. Um... Dracarys. It's, it's always said. It's always said. Um, she um, does that in her uh, ruler voice, which I don't yeah. like. <laughs> Dracarys. <laughs> um, no, but I think the shock on on their faces when they realise what's about to ha- hit them. Um, mm. Oh, it's, 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 it gives me chills. It's great. Yeah. This is what I meant about series seven having these moments uh, with just standout moments that I, I think define it as the best of the, the series so far um, it gets yeah, it's, it's a huge SGC. epic battle it's it's I think it's, I think it was masterfully done yeah um, cinematography wise that was very very well done yeah Particularly absolutely the, fantastic the scenes of the dragon swooping over the the uh, the loot train and sort of yeah the explosions yeah it looks brilliant almost yeah. reminds me of something out of like Star Wars yeah. Um, something just that high budget, big and grand. Just, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. You see him, you see the dragon, you know, lighting Lannister soldiers on fire, and it look, it looks so horrible. You can see them like taking off armor and they're mm. fucking burning underneath. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how that feels? It's just horrible. 
I thought they achieved something kind of incredible, though, with this battle. Um, I found myself rooting for both sides. I wanted. I didn't want. I didn't want Jamie to to get hurt. I, I, don't, uh, I didn't want any of them to get hurt. Yeah, all Bron, yeah. I, I wasn't too bothered about Bron, but but Jamie especially. Um, I, I think Jamie has become um, an anti Cersei, um, the opposite of Cersei in sort of mindset. Um, he wants He's... obviously the Lannisters to to thrive. He wants the Lannisters, and he wants his. He does. He loves his family. Lover. Um, in Cersei and obviously his child to be. Um, There's a bit of conflict, um, you know, weaved throughout this throughout the the, the season, the last couple of episodes. Um, you can see Jamie looking worried about where Cersei's heading. Yeah, I mean, there's um, plenty of characters who said this to him, though, isn't there? I mean, Bron yeah. Bron says it to him in this scene, where he's yeah, where he's like, you know, Cersei's a cunt. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and Olena's just said it to him. Yeah, pretty much in those words. She, God, she's yeah. God, she's a cunt. You well, know? she said that she'll be the death of you. Yeah, you know. Well, as the battle's going down, Bronn gets on the uh, ballista, the big scorpion ballista thing that um, Kyburn set up and uh, manages to uh, shoot the dragon with the big uh, bolt. W- wounds it, and as the uh, as the dragon sat down there, um, Daenerys trying to pull the bolt out of it. Jamie sees his opportunity and charges at her. Stupidly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as Tyrion's looking on and saying, "You idiot," you know. Oh, he's all on hammer his exact words, but he's, you, oh, he's you fucking idiot. Yeah, you fucking idiot. You yeah. fucking yeah. idiot. With um, Jamie and Tyrion are probably the two Lannisters that um, they still appreciate each other. Even though they're um, on different sides, yeah, yeah, um, they're, they're brothers. They've always they've always loved each other. You know, they've, they've been torn apart out of their control. Um, yeah, Jamie attempts to uh, kill Daenerys, but um, as the dragon is about to flat out murder Jamie, Bronn saves the day. Um, the poor horse. This, the poor <laughs> horse. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that horse! <laughs> it's a cool scene. It's a cool. It's a cool little action scene. I, I can't help to think if. George was writing this. I think we'd have seen the end of Jamie. Yes. But nobody died in this. No, no, no important no, characters. No, no, not even, no. not even Dickon. No, not yet. Anyway, not yet at least. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just the, all uh, all honest soldiers and Dothraki. Uh, yeah, all the expendable men. Yeah, the nameless, faceless guys. Uh, from there, Daenerys gives the Lannister soldiers a uh, choice to bend the knee or die. Um. The Tarleys ultimately refuse um, and get burned alive, much to uh, Tyrion's dismay. There's elements of um, Daenerys' father there, I guess. And that's what mm-hmm. they're trying to push to the forefront, is that Daenerys may not be the uh, the complete article yet in terms of uh, wise ruler. Yeah. She's still got some bad decisions in her. He says as much later on um, in his meeting with Cersei that uh, she knows who she is and she's chose a hand that will check her worst impulses. Mm. But she didn't listen to her hand, of course. Not this time, no. Maybe a little bit of an influence there from uh, Diana Rigg again. Uh, sorry, Olena. <laughs> um, <laughs> where Olena's saying to, to Daenerys, um, be the dragon. You know, don't, yeah. let, don't let anybody change who you are. Um, 
I hadn't considered that, but I think I think you might be done on with that one. Yeah, not yeah. not great advice, probably. Um, yeah, the Targaryens don't have a great history of being. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, be a dragon. Fair and just. Um, God, I've known many wise men, and I've outlived them all because I ignored them. My words to that effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe not the best advice. Uh, teleporting back to Dragonstone, Jorah returns and meets Daenerys, and meets Jon for the first time. Nice to have uh, Jorah back in the fold. Yeah. Still king of the friend zone, of course. Yeah, so realising. What's someone else's? You've got someone else? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you get Hulk, you see, Can you imagine how crushing, how crushing that must be time and time and time again? Yeah, but it's, it's, especially the way they, they parted ways beforehand, which is don't come back to me until you find a cure. It was almost like, uh, you cure yourself and I'll be with you. Sort of statement. Um, it was, it really felt like it. that's what I thought she was trying to say when I saw that scene I thought like she's, she's forgiven him and she was having, having feelings um, and I feel as though he went away and the way he went away to find a cure for the grayscale was just so he could get back to Daenerys yeah. and I think that moment when he came back I, I think I feel like a realisation um, yeah exactly <laughs> Sorry for him. a little bit. I think, or you think she had a different meaning? Like, go find a cure to these feelings, and then come back. Got <laughs> 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 no, a different meaning? No, yeah, well, I take it that way. No, but I thought it was the other way. Um, sneaky, sneaky bitch. <laughs> so uh, Tyrion, back at uh, Dragonstone, Tyrion devises a plan to capture a white. So they can show Cersei, so she can see what the threat really is, God, and also to to show Daenerys, I suppose, because and himself, because none of them know for sure, really. I suppose they believe John, but they don't know. Yeah, they've not seen. Just seems we get to a point now where the uh, the plot um, takes some deviations that don't necessarily make a lot of sense, for the sake of for the sake of getting people to the right places at the right times. Um, right, I see what you're saying. What do you mean? I mean, to go and, go and capture a single white from beyond the wall didn't seem like a best plan at the... You know, didn't seem like a good plan at the best of times. No. Oh, yeah, we'll just go catch one and bring it back. How did they even know that, uh, <laughs> that this would even work? Um, they had no idea. And they're going risking, you know, significant significant amounts by doing this and ultimately they lose a fucking dragon of course yeah uh, the, the, prob the problem they've got though is uh, I can't any, they don't have any cannon cameras let's just put it that way yeah I can't imagine had George R. R. Marty been writing this he would have written this story mm -hmm. um, it just seems like quite a deviation and that's not necessarily saying it's bad I don't want that come across like I'm shitting all over it. It's different. Um, George R. R. Martin's a very pragmatic writer. He is logical to a fault, even if that means people dying all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he would have written this this train of events. Uh, you know. Uh, Tyrion and Davos go to King's Landing. Uh, so Tyrion can meet with Jaime right now. Uh, first time they're seeing each other face-to-face -face in a long time. Uh, while they're doing that, Davos finds Gendry. 
It's been a long time. When was the last time we saw Gendry? Like season three? Yeah, on his uh, on his little boat. I love uh, Davos line. Uh, Thought you might still be rowing. Hmm. <laughs> okay, everybody did. Yeah. But I uh, good good to see uh good to see Gendry and Gendry is uh ready to uh re- ready to roll and he has his hammer. It's a nice little touch. It's good to see Gendry. I like Gendry as a character. I like Davos as a character. The um the whole reason of getting him felt a bit pointless. Why would you care? I suppose. Don't get me wrong, I like Gendry, he's great. Yeah. Um, it just seems like something that he thought of, is like maybe he's there, so I'll go and check it out. Yeah, let's go and see. Why not? Yeah, so, it worked out, whatever. Gotta get him back somehow, I suppose. Unless you do want him to still be rowing. Dude's gonna have arms like fucking... Like, look, like, like, like He-Man. Like how it's a cannons. <laughs> Takes out those guards. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. It yeah. is. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, they realise it's Tyrion. Um, <laughs> you got Davos going over with his little, uh, trying to trying to bribe them with his, with his coins. And... and his fermented crap. <laughs> <laughs> put oh, a hole in that chain, man. Come, come try some. Yeah, come try some. And Tyrion comes back down, walking down the, uh, oh, man. Down the little uh, steps of the, the beach. Um, <laughs> and it's the moment of realization that uh, shit, you're you're with this guy. That's Tyrion. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then he just he just shit hits the shit hits the fan. Um, <laughs> he gets pounded into submission with this huge sort of hammer on the play down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool looking thing, uh, but pretty brutal man. He just decimated his face. Uh, from there, uh, Cersei and. Uh, Jamie is speaking about the meet, the secret meeting with Tyrion. She reveals that you know she knew nothing gets past Cersei mm-hmm. at this point, and she reveals that she's pregnant. I guess it just gives them more ammo to her emotional manipulation of Jamie. Wouldn't it be poetic justice if Cersei gave birth to a dwarf? <laughs> it would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With one arm. With one arm. <laughs> Alright, this this kid's still gotta exist, let's not let's not damage him too much. <laughs> yeah, with one arm and he's ugly as fuck. Over at the Citadel uh Gilly is uh kinda doing Sam's head in a little bit, reading at him. While he's, while he's doing crosswords at him. While he's trying to work, uh reads Reads about a Prince Raga who had an annulment and a secret marriage, but uh, Sam cuts her off, doesn't really take her, take her on. But he did go in. Hmm. But uh, ultimately, Sam gets just too frustrated um, and leaves the Citadel, leaving his dream behind. I, um, I felt strongly about that scene. I, I don't want to go into the implications of it too much. I guess we'll talk about that towards the end. Um, okay. I felt a little bit disappointed that that was dropped so flippantly. Right. Uh, because it's really fucking significant. It's a really significant piece of information towards the grand, grand scheme of things. Um, and and yeah, I guess, you know, it was... It needed to be floated. Um, 
because if they were going to learn about it somewhere, then why not learn about it in a in a, in a book from the Citadel? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just yes. felt a little bit it, treating treating something that was so important with with. It didn't um, feel like something Sam would miss at the time either. Well, I mean, uh, Sam's Sam, missed some Sam's... pretty important stuff, hasn't he? The fact that he fucking ignored Stannis when he said that Dragonstone is made out of Dragonglass two seasons ago. That kind of mm. went under the radar a little bit. Yeah. So he's not, uh, you know, he's not infallible. He does miss things. Back at Winterfell, uh, are you spying on Littlefinger? Um, Caesar McQuire, that letter written by Sansa in season one, and she breaks into the room, steals it. Um, all the while, Littlefinger is um, watching her. The letter reads, Rob, I write to you with a heavy heart. Our good King Robert is dead. Killed from wounds he took in a boar hunt. Father has been charged with treason. He conspired with Robert's brothers against my beloved Joffrey and tried to steal his throne. The Lannisters are treating me very well and provide me with every comfort. I beg you, come to King's Landing, swear fealty to King Joffrey and prevent any strife between the great houses of Lannister and Stark. Of course, she was forced to write that by Cersei, right? Yeah. Now, it's shown to us that Arya, that lights a fire under Arya, and that's going to... You know, fuel this kind of rift between the two of them. Knowing what we know now, um, do you think that was a ploy by Arya, or do you think she was legit, legitimately felt? You know that um, Sansa didn't do enough. Um, do you know what? Um, I, I don't want to tie it into another thing that's coming up in a minute, but um, I think it was more. Possibly a grand scheme of um, outing Littlefinger. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but I think it was more tied in towards Bran, because Bran can see obviously everything that has happened. Right. Um, and obviously Littlefinger, uh, shortly after, um, tries to turn the sisters against each other, knowing yeah. their uh, well, dislike of each other. Should I put it? And it's not hatred. It's, it's don't get on. They have a, you know, they have a sibling rivalry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Bran can see everything that's happened, and obviously when Littlefinger tries to dissuade sort of Sansa into your sister, your sister is the enemy. Your sister is this. Obviously, she must be this killer. She's just going to plan to kill you, take your face, and become the Lady of Winterfell. Um, mm-hmm. Now we all know that that's not I. I doesn't want that. I doesn't want to be. The Lady of Winterfell she doesn't want that responsibility. Um, no. As I say, back to the being sort of outing Littlefinger, is it could be just the fact that that moment there was the start of the chain of events for him to go. Yeah, it absolutely was. But it's shown to us that you know Littlefinger is actually is actually playing this situation. He's he's the one fueling it. Um, but no, you know, but knowing you know that the bait and switch later during that little trial that they had um uh is Arya and Sansa are Arya and Sansa playing Littlefinger playing them at that point at that point don't know difficult to say I guess possibly but uh I'm I'm still under the impression Bran has said something um off camera um Bran has said something related to either how um, well, obviously, Sansa knows loads of facts um, from somewhere, so she must have talked to, to Bran uh, regarding the death of her father. 
um, and his involvement in that. Um, the involvement of killing his hurtful her aunt, um, Heather of the Veil. Um, there's so much he's done that she couldn't have known about without talking to Bran. I think it's more of a ploy um, for him to. It's just cementing um, what he's about to try and say, to try and turn them against each other. It's, yeah. it's her sort of finalisation that, yeah, Littlefinger needs to go. That's right. Um, John's group of uh, Davos and Gendry arrive at Eastwatch, um, meet, meet back up with Tormund, and uh, they, uh, they meet the Brotherhood, who've been captured. Or what's left of it? Or what's left of it? We got we got Beric Dondurin, the Hound, and Thoros of Mir. Uh, Gendry warns them not to trust them, because obviously they sold them back to uh, Melisandre. Way back, um, each character here, um, kind of, almost each character has like a reason to hate, you know, one another. It's uh, it's an interesting little thing. Like you see, Tormund take issue with Jorah just for being a Mormont, Gendry and the Brotherhood, he doesn't trust them and it goes on and on. Um, Had John ever met the Hound before this point? I can't remember. John uh, mentions that he's, he's seen the Hound, he saw him at Winterfell in episode one. Uh, but that's about it. Um, we get some good interplay, so this entire group go beyond the wall. And uh, we get some good interplay, again, characters we've never seen interact before get to... Get to uh, to speak it's good obviously i think the highlight of that of that was would be um tormund and the hound their little interplay i'm think i think there's a at this point there's a as much as i like tormund and i look and I, I like the stuff with brienne and the stuff he did with the hound there um i think there's a danger of possibly making him too comedic losing him to that do you remember how fierce Tormund was when we first saw him? Um, I don't want them to make him too much of a comedy character. If you, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. From there, we uh, they uh, have the fight with the uh, the zombie bear, the white. Oh, okay, I forgot about him. Yeah. That was a that was another cool sequence. That was. Um, I'm trying to think of what this reminded me of now. Um, it was the uh, scene in Lost. Um, oh, with the, the polar bear, bear. Comes, yeah. The polar bear comes running out of the trees, um, and obviously attacks the group in Lost. Now this was the scene like it was, it was in this, it was in a snowy area. It was very sort of windswept. It was white, and it was it wasn't realizing what was, what it was that was coming toward them until it was clear, basically. Um, I think it's good. Um, it shows that this army of the dead isn't just limited to humans and it never has been limited to humans it's just the only mm-hmm. people we've seen has been yeah. zombie humans um, anything that dies can p- potentially be raised as a as an undead mm-hmm. um, the army itself is filled with all sorts of animals and horses and mammoths and giants and spiders and all sorts of shit yeah. not just limited to humans so I guess that, that was a little bit of a nod I did watch the um, the um, the making of feature. Okay. The making of feature uh, where they mentioned the the polar bear and 
<laughs> they apparently they've been trying to shoehorn this polar bear in for seasons, and every time <laughs> it kept getting shot down. Like no, no. Um, but this time they were they were determined to make it stick, and clearly it did. Oh, that's um, interesting. But they still can't make that decision for fucking ghosts, can they? Why can't they fight in Ghost Corner? Well, yeah, <laughs> let's bring exactly Ghost right. back. Yeah, yeah. Two seasons. Where is he? I... We're thinking logically now. Where it worries Ghost? I just yeah. guess wandering around I'm outside assuming... of Winterfell somewhere. Yeah, I think he's at Winterfell. Winterfell. Yeah. Maybe not in Winterfell, but like in the woods outside. Just. I think, I, I think I've watched the same thing. You he's here the whole time. He's just blending in. It's snowy. Mm-hmm. I think I've watched the same as Red, which is the making of, and then. Right. Talking about, um, no, it's not. It's not it's something I watched on the, on the video actually. Um, it was talking about how it feels like the, um, the directors have aimed the Game of Thrones saga to be more towards the dragons than the, the, right. um, the, the Starks and their uh, direwolves. Because mm. the okay. direwolves originally in, in, in the first season when they all get them, it's so much could have happened with them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously with the warging, the possible warging or whatever. Yeah, um, they've marginalised the, them. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they put them to the side. They've not had a role, which is like, I don't know if they've not had a role as, as much as they should have done. Um, and they don't quite look as cool as they're supposed to either. Bear in no, mind they're that they're supposed to be much bigger, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Direwolf um, in the in the books is huge. is the size of a horse. Yeah. Um, I mean, we get some sort of. Um, I've noticed in past like. Ghost seems to fluctuate in size. Yeah, he walks past Sometimes it's huge. as a dog, or he walks yeah. past and obviously he's sat in the corner. I mean, he, he, and... he just seems like a very large real-world wolf, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, no bigger than what you would imagine a wolf could be. Mm-hmm. Um, Nymeria whereas... looks slightly different, because obviously we've not seen her for a while. She looks bigger. Nymeria, um, yeah, huge. Na- I think Nymeria yeah. is supposed to be larger, because she's okay. had more to eat. Right Bear in mind, back. Ghost has spent a lot of time north of the Wall in the frozen, mm. in the frozen lands. There's not a lot to eat up there. When Nymir has been running around, smaller as well also helps with. Uh, Nymir has been wandering around the Riverlands, um, you know, fe- fe- feasting on Freys. Uh, <laughs> she's had plen- plenty to eat, so I think um, Golf is. I think Ghost is perhaps maybe taller, physically, but much more slender because less mm. to eat. Whereas Nymir is a much more, you know, she, she doesn't eat poorly at all, yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, Thoros of Mir is uh, wounded during this fight with the bear. From there, they go and they find a white walker with his little troop of uh, whites. They, uh, they engage him in a fight, and very significant, they kill the white walker and his whites die. All but one, and one is all they needed, so it's pretty... Handy, yeah. lucky, pretty handy, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this is a, a pretty significant point in the in the show now. Now they realise that all they, they take, have to do, yeah, kill the Night King. Exactly, kill him, they all die. So that's pretty significant. Um, the worrying, oh, okay, onto the. Uh, see, you talked about the dragon. Um, the moment of realisation that uh, Daenerys is not. Unbeatable. Um, yeah. Yeah. She loses one. Um, the Night King. Very predictably, uh, though. 
Yeah, we, 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 we saw it coming. I think everyone saw it coming. That you know, ever told us he was going to lose a dragon at some point Absolutely. To, to the Night King and uh, obviously the White Walkers. Um, but what a way. What a way for it to, to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Jon Snow playing Rambo as he as he does. Um, get on the dragon. They, 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 they had got into a moment, didn't they, with that, that scene where they're all sat on this, this rock in the middle of an ice lake. Um, surrounded by White Walkers. Um, ice wait, is broken. Uh, waiting yeah, for the ice to solidify. Ice, yeah, ice is just broken, so the, the trap's on the outside and you don't go on the water, so waiting for the ice to solidify. And I can't help but think that fucking... Oh, the, the hound? What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing his rocks. Throwing his rocks. Oh, yeah, he hits one in the face, which is hilarious. <laughs> but he throws one, it doesn't go anywhere. It just rolls across the ice... Slow and steady in front of a, a White Walker's feet. Realization the ice is frozen. Yeah, um, it's just a an announcement of oh, okay. Shit's going down, boys. Shit's gonna go happen down here. Um, you just leave it to let them decide when they're gonna come. But no, he throws his rock. Just um, has to be a has to be a prick, doesn't he? Just yeah. taunt them. <laughs> and they all start coming. They realise it's, it's frozen, frozen over, and the, yep. uh, the battle commences. The, uh, the army, the, the army, the full army of the undead against is it seven, eight. Yeah, um, this is this is going to be one of my favourite um, battle scenes. I think it's absurd. Again, like I feel like if George was writing it, we wouldn't have, they wouldn't all survive. No way. Hmm. Like, like we almost lost Tormund. A lot of them, a lot more survived than I anticipated. But I expected yeah. it to really. Cut the numbers down, yeah. And yeah, when Tolmond was, um, you know, being pulled it, pulled in, it was I over was abso- for Absolutely expecting that to be done. There was no way. So yeah, there was there was some heroic shit. Uh, Beric pulling pulling him out there. Uh, it wasn't um, Beric. It was uh, the hound. Was it not Beric? Yeah. It was the hound. Yeah. The hound. Oh, sorry, I remember that differently. Yeah. Uh, so it's the, the moment hound. we're having in real life again. He's. Uh, <laughs> I think he wants to survive. So well, he, he, his, uh... he overcomes the, the fire thing, of course. Yeah. Right. Of course. Uh, of course, um, in, the, in the wait, um, before uh, the battle commences, we lose Thoros. Uh, Beric has lost his priest now. He's on his final life, as the Hound says. How long were they waiting on that rock, by the way? Because it seems... Uh, <sighs> Let's just. It does. Yeah, but I, I, I can't imagine how long it takes the the ice to over. I don't think it would have been that long. Well, not only that, but to get to for Gendry to get back to Eastwatch, yeah. for them to get a raven there, and for Daenerys to fly there, you gotta assume it's a couple of days. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a raven back to to, to Dragonstone, um, and then for her to get over there. That's right. On a dragon. Um, it's, that's that. The timing of that was insane. Well. So th- this just turns turn the magnifying glass onto the teleportation issue that we've said a couple yeah. of times. Um, in the real world, this would never have happened. Obviously, we're not in the real world. She would there's have turned no- up. They'd all been dead. Yeah, there's no dragons in the real world, so we, we can't we can't uh, hold it by the same uh, standard. Well, dragons but... could teleport. We don't know this yet. Yeah, they could have this magic power. <laughs> but we, as... we, we can't write that out. It's not been told but, but but we've got these facts now that this is a possibility in this in this fantasy world full of magic and yeah. dragons and the rest of it up until this point it has 
it has had a very real way and of think, yeah, telling a story. That's one of the, one of the things that makes it so unique and so credible, isn't it? That it absolutely that it doesn't just throw caution to the wind. Um, listen, in the books, Dragonstone and the Wall are two thousand miles apart. There are thereabouts. Uh, a bird can't fly two thousand miles in a day. A bird can't fly five hundred miles in a day, um, or maybe it can if it's got like a tailwind and it's lucky. Um, so it's at least the better part of a week before the bird gets to fucking Dragonstone. That's not factoring the time it takes Gendry get to get back to the wall. Uh, Daenerys then flies back to. I mean, the... it would have taken Concord about four hours, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. So Daenerys, <laughs> Daenerys then flies back to the wall on a dragon, and assuming a ridiculous amount that the dragon can fly two hundred miles per hour, which is a which is a stupid high amount. That's the that's a that's the um, the speed of aer- jet-propelled aeroplanes, so it's it's not going to be... Not, let alone Daenerys isn't inside a cabin. She has to hold on to a dragon f- flying at 200 miles an hour. So if if that, it's still going to take 10 hours at 200 miles an hour. It's still going to take 10 hours for her to get back to the wall. Plus, she gets to the wall. She doesn't know where the fuck they are. There's no I clue. know, I thought that. Yeah. Beyond the wall, it's quite a big place. Mm-hmm. So then it takes her a little while. So it's 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 like a week it should have taken this yeah. to all happen. Um, apparently it's not that cold north of the wall as well because it, you know, ice takes a week to solidify, mate. Apparently. No, no, but no. no it's, I, it's, I'm going to throw this back to Concord. Concord is it. One thousand three hundred and fifty-four miles an hour. So <laughs> that's one and a half hours for a raven. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> it's it's um. You know, that it's 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 done it for the series. Um, it's not great. It's not the ideal situation, but I can understand why the series has done it. The series needs to get places quickly now. It's got so few episodes left. Yeah. Um, if they were represented the real time of this, then it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, they would have had, they would have had to have been running and sort of evading for a couple of days um, for it to sort of pan out. I mean. Yeah, you hide when you've got an army after you. Bear in mind the north not, of the, not possible. Yeah, the north of the wall as well. They've not brought any supplies with them. They've not brought any yeah. like water or anything like that. So yeah. they're. Well, uh, I, I I was thinking how they were planning on getting back. Um, like you say, they've gone across with no supplies. It seemed like a one-way trip. Mm. Um, it was also almost sort of convenient that um, Daenerys should turn up. It was, yeah. It was like it, Possibly might have had to have happened anyway for them to get back. Yeah, but the nurse does show up and uh, the dragons fuck shit. They save the day. Um, of course, Night King spears. Um, which one, Viserion? Viserion, yeah. Viserion, uh, yeah, brutal. kills kills the dragon. Uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was um, brutal. As we said, we 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 all saw it coming, didn't we? I mean, even yeah. on the promotional posters for the show it showed yeah, the Night King a... atop a dragon yeah, okay. which is a little like annoying dragon. you know how I feel about spoilers but um, yeah, yeah, yeah you hate them trailers you don't watch any of them um, mm-hmm. but it's death the death of that dragon um, that spear it, it hits um, Night you, King you, is you, using an aimbot yeah he that it was looks a... like he's aiming at Daenerys and, uh, and that's a hell of a shot you made <laughs> and he just pans up to this dragon yeah. on the right um, throws and it's a great shot, um, but it pierces the dragon sort of. Uh, he decides to, area. Yeah, he decides to go for and skill it's... points as well because he went for the <laughs> yeah. moving target rather than the one that was stationary in front of him. That's it's almost right. like he's trying to take out uh, what's his name from uh, from the Hobbit. 
child, and he's aiming for this tiny little spot under his chest. That's the weak spot. Dragon's he got, nails it. Yeah, Dragon's got too much plot armor. Yeah, Couldn't he nails it, and it's just this. Um, oh, it's, it's like a fireball that erupts from its chest. Obviously, yeah, dragons. Obviously, it's. It looks it, incredible. It's, it's just it just pans out, but then once the fire runs out of what's in in its chest, it's just whatever's left, which is blood, guts, and it just falls out like a yeah. like a, a waterfall onto the ice. Um, eventually, with it landing and smashing straight through, and you just see this its face just yeah get pulled and under the ice. It's, As they're uh, leaving, um, everyone piles on to the dragon. John's unable to get on; he gets pulled under the water. There, gets stranded. After what, sorry? Ramboing. After Ramboing, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, get off. Please. And unfortunately, they have to leave him behind. Um, he makes it out of the water. Um, gets saved by Uncle Benjamin. Uncle Benjamin. Benjamin's back. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long, you're right. Uh, i got to assume he was sent by the Three-Eyed Raven. I think that's a given, probably. Yeah, possibly. Just like he, he did. It's either um, convenience or three-eyed raven, yeah. It's... Uh, just like the uh, season before, as he just as he showed up for uh, Bran and Mira yeah. after Hordo's death, uh, he, he he told Bran that he was sent by the three-eyed raven. It's my belief that he was sent by Bran as the three-eyed raven. Could have been. Yeah, been. you you, you got to think. Um, throws John on the horse. Uncle Benjamin, come with me. There's no time. There was tons of time. <laughs> there was time. He just allows himself to get killed. This was a. There's no room on this uh, this floating door, Jack. I'm gonna let you drown. It is. This is the Titanic is exactly, way of telling a story. It is. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. He, he could have hundred percent come. I think. Home. I think this was a. There's no room in the budget for an extra actor <laughs> for next season. <laughs> I think you're right. We'll get ready, you know. Yeah. This is a young horse. It can't carry the weight of two men. <laughs> John finally gets back to uh, Eastwatch there, and um, now nice scene with uh, him and Daenerys. I think on the way back to Dragonstone, um, as he's as he's lying in the bed, he, you know, tells her that he will bend the knee if he could. Uh, another rash decision, without consulting his people. Hmm. I um, I felt a little strongly about this one again. Um, I think I've mentioned it to you guys a few times that. One of my favourite traits of John is how he how he adapts who he is um, based on the guys he respects. So he in early series was very similar to Ned, all about honour, all about um, doing your duty, because he respected Ned and he learned a lot from Ned. And then he started taking in elements of uh, Gion Mormont. Um, t- taking in elements of, uh, I guess, Corin Halfhand, and then most importantly, taking in elements of Mance Raider. Now, mm-hmm. him and Mance had a conversation uh, in season five or whatever it was, uh, after Mance's, or just before Mance is about to be burned, um, and Mance goes over why, um, why, despite being terrified. And despite it not being about pride, why he doesn't bend the knee to Stannis? Um, and he's saying to John, if if you don't understand why, then there's there's no point. There's no point in even trying to explain it to you. Um, and I think what he's trying to get at the, f- for me, my interpretation at least, is that um, just because I bend the knee doesn't mean everybody else is going to. Um, you got to prove it to people. 
you got to do it by your actions. I became their king, or Mance became their king, by actions alone, not because, you know, not because he was a legitimate king, because he, he proved that he was the best guy to lead, um, as John had done with the North. Um, and I I liked earlier on the season where John didn't immediately fall over and say, oh, yes, you know, it's not about my pride and fall over. I liked that he stood by that and said, listen, kind of, it's not about if I want to bend the knee or not. It's not about that. It's about whether they'll follow you. And uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I like that. I like, whether right or wrong, I'm, I'm not making a judgment on whether it was right to bend the knee or incorrect. However, I like that he that he stood by that. Um, and and after this scene, understandably, he uh, he changed his mind. But um, it was a little bit disappointing because I, I, I like that aspect of John. Yeah. And he, he seemed to throw it away a little bit too quickly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Overall, I thought I thought the scene was pretty strong by uh, from an acting standpoint. Both guys, both uh, actors, yeah. they, they played it very well. You know. Yeah. Uh, Daenerys, Emily Clark, she looked you know really upset. Yeah, and she I, just lost. Uh, I think these two have have you know it's not brilliant chemistry on screen, but good chemistry on screen screen together. You can see yeah, that there's that. there's something that's building up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the most subtle thing at times, but you, you, no. there's, there's, there's something between them, the two, um, yeah. uh, you know, in, 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 um, in more ways than one, I guess. Yeah. Um, back at Winterfell, uh, Sansa going through all these things, finds the faces, uh, finds, uh, Walder Frey's face in there, um. And then Arya comes in and lays it on really thick. I thought she's uh, she's pretty strong with uh, the way she speaks. Um, yeah, I, I found this scene a little odd. I wasn't crazy about it. But Arya uh, insinuating that she's that she'd wear yeah. kill and wear Sansa's face. It's what would it be like to be the Lady of Winterfell and wear the pretty dresses? It's, it's mm. but then again, um, are they just doing that for effect? Possibly. Littlefinger's no doubt listening somewhere. Or yeah. If he's not, then they would think he is. I mean, I mean, all already know that Arya's a psychopath, so it could be real. It could be totally real. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with your second point. I think it's uh, it's all a play. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's uh, definitely possible. Yeah. Ties back to what I said before about I think it's, it's all about it. They know, and it's just, it's just a big play to, uh, to out Littlefinger. Yeah. And now we see uh, the army of the dead pull. The dragon out of the water, and the uh, Night King turned the dragon. It's a big, it's a big, uh, big moment. Um, Shit! <laughs> it's, a, it, it's at this point, though, is um, we get a get a good shot of the Night King's face. At this point, where I think the Night King kind of looks like Bran. Yeah, I think they're the same person. <laughs> Just based on the fact that I think he looks like him. Now, play on that theory, because um, I, I agree. I think he's he's changed his appearance over the over the seasons, and um, I feel absolutely that's, that's the too... the Night King we saw at Hardhome does not look like the Night King we see now. No, um, obviously for a grown adult, um, not realistically um, going to pass much in appearance over the time. 
Mm. Um, ah, My theory is based on nothing more than they both have a big nose. That's really the genesis of it. Uh, but then, you know, in the days after that episode aired, I start seeing tons of different, uh, tons of theories uh, online of how Bran could be the Night King. I'm not the only one who thinks that. Um, I don't necessarily really think that, um, but there's there's definitely merit to to the sum of people's theories. Yeah. That um, you know, Bran could have, you know, Bran can travel through time, but he can't travel through physically. Yet, maybe he can in the future. You know, he's not. He's not I fully developed. Able, I don't think he'll ever be able to travel through physically. You never know. No. Um, well, this is based off uh, George R. R. Martin's previous work. Okay. So he's he's written tra- time travel stories previously more than once. Right. Um, he doesn't subscribe to the idea of physical time travel because of the whole paradoxes thing. Right. Because you know if you go back and convince. Course. If you go back and kill your granddad, then you know how can you exist? Yep. Um, but he's always written from the um, the 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 mental paradox thing. So mm-hmm. if you go in and become and possess, if that's the right word, possess someone else, go and possess your um, your grand your, your granddad's brother to kill your granddad. Um, right then there's no paradox created there because it was your granddad's brother that killed your granddad. Right. So he's always written it from the mental perspective, not the physical perspective, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it does. I can't imagine that he's suddenly going to decide that physical time travel is possible. It'll, If, if, if anything, it's going to stay... Well, then again, um, we're not mental. going off George's script anymore. I don't think he'd allow them to write it. Okay. Let's put it that way. He must, have, he must have some say so over what's going out. Is it, is his, he's got the rights to it. Um, they're, they're still following his broad strokes. Yeah. The the, mm. the details entirely the the show writers these days. Well, the broad strokes yeah. are still are still George's. I can't imagine that he'd allow um, Brand to become sort of physical time time traveling. Well, the theory That's I saw, not... or at least the one, yeah, the the, the one I saw, um, you know, says you know. Bran was able to, you know, speak to Hodor. Hodor heard him. That's how Hodor became Hodor. His father heard him. Um, the Night King saw him and touched him. Um, so maybe, so you know, maybe potentially he could, you know, go through physically at some point if he, you know, uh, you know, as he progresses with his, his powers. He never, because he never, he never fully trained as the Three-Eyed Raven. He just. He, the guy died and he became it, you know, unprepared completely. So if he if he hones his skills, maybe he possibly could. And the theory with the Night King is that, you know, that guy, even though he's a completely different actor who did it, um, the guy who, who the Children of the Forest uh, put the dragon glass into is Bran. Bran went back to maybe warn the Children of the Forest. Um, Children of the Forest at this time are still, you know, at war with the First Men and um, captured him and did that to him and that's how he becomes the Night King um, it's probably a Bran could be a Bran I don't think it's Bran I don't really buy into this theory no but um, I, I, it's, I think it's worth talking about it's, it's interesting I think there's merit to it I think there's something there 
Um, you know, like like I said, the, the, the Night King that time saw him and touched him. Maybe he knew he was going to be there because he's already done that, you know. Or um, um, earlier in the season, Bran is walking and he's flying um, north of the wall. There's some ravens and uh, the Night King turns and looks directly at the uh, the raven that, that he's in, like like he knew. I think there's something there. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting nonetheless. Final episode: uh, the dragon and the wolf. The uh, we get the meeting at the dragon pit, King's Landing. Get a lot of reuniting old characters again. Gives me that warm fuzzy feeling. It's nice to see them again. Get the likes of uh, Tyrion and Bronn, Podrick. Uh, Brienne and the Hound, that's a that's a good one. Um, last time yeah. we saw each other, of course, uh, she beat the living shit out of him. I think he loves her. I think he loves her. The Hound loves Brienne? Really? Yeah. <laughs> not at sort, all. There's some sort of weird romantic connection going to happen there, I can tell you now. <laughs> I don't I didn't get that at all. I don't <laughs> No. Oh, it'll be like that, uh, like, scene I don't... Harry, Harry Potter is just, like, 30 years down the line. You've got Brienne and <laughs> <laughs> Brienne and the Hound, sorry. Um... I, don't, I don't think, like, the um, the Tormund-Brienne thing will ever happen, personally. No. <laughs> um, you know. Just a, just a thought. Because it, it's believed as well that, you know, Brienne loves Jamie. So there's well, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I, don't think, I don't think that's up for debate, is it? She I'm definitely not, does. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think she. I think she 100%? respects him. I don't, oh, she 100 percent respects him. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, Daenerys, of course, arrives on a dragon because why not? Makes everybody wait. Yeah. And of course, the Hound releases the white, and uh, terrifies Cersei. Terrifies Euron. Terrifies Euron, everyone. Who gets up and says that he's you know he's going home. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm out of here. Fuck yeah. this. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite bits from the show. I think I just I really enjoyed all these characters coming together, some for the first time, and, and you know some reuniting. Yeah. It's it it was it was nice. Um, Euron taunting Theon about his sister, and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on. Cersei agrees that she will fight the great the great war, if John stays in the north and doesn't pick sides. John can't quite bring himself to tell a lie. Another one another one of Ned Stark's traits, the honourable. Yeah. John making a bad decision. And as he as he points out, you know, maybe it's the Maybe it's not um, the right decision to make. Well maybe it's maybe no he he believes it's the right decision. No 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 John I'm not saying that John John thinks it's the right decision at the time, but he for for what it entailed he doesn't for what it when it needed to, to happen maybe it would have been better for him to say the other answer but for, yeah, for him for him as a person his character he's noble um and he's already yeah. sworn an, an allegiance to, to Daenerys mm-hmm. um he doesn't go back on his word which is what he says and he sticks to that yeah um, which I think is uh, really respectful he, he admits that it's the attitude that got his father killed we get um Tyrion Going back to uh, meet with Cersei, and these two haven't spoken in a long time. We know how much Cersei detests Tyrion. Yeah. 
there's an awful lot that goes on in this scene that I don't think we... Well, clearly there's an awful lot that goes on that we don't see. I think that this is going to come back. I think something's, something's happened here. Tyrion's promised something. I, oh, you think something's happened off-screen? Okay. Yeah, I, Absolutely, yeah. I agree I with Greg. I, Tyrion's made some sort of deal. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But I think it's something to do with the baby. Because it's straight after he points that out. Um, he points out, obviously, you're pregnant. Um, and we cut away. Um, yeah. After that, it gets you thinking. Um, has he promised um, that he will... It, Tyrion loves his family. He's, he's killed his father, however. Um, and he's obviously been involved in Joffrey's death. Um, he's been involved in... Not he wasn't involved parent. in Joffrey's death. Yeah. He got framed so, for it. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. But do, you know, do you know what I mean? The, the, yeah, he, he, he loves his family. Kids. Yeah, he loves his family. So he, he loved Marcella want, and he loved Tommen. He doesn't want the same thing to happen to this new one. Um, sure, I yeah. And I feel as though perhaps this is Daenerys' final betrayal. Um, hmm. It could be that he is now... He's agreed that if she fights um, to help against the the White Walkers, the Night King, um, that he will ensure, or try to ensure to the best of his ability, that that child will succeed. Um, whether that's betrayal of Daenerys, whether that's um, changing sides once the, the greater good has been um, dealt with, um, or the bigger threat. And I think it's probably a, a, an overall sort of hidden that we won't find out an answer to until perhaps the end of next series. What are you thinking, Greg? I don't think he's done anything um, as heavy as betrayal. Not yet. I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely don't know what's gone on there. Um, I think Ben might be right saying along the lines that um, that he's promised that this child will be taken care of. Or something along those lines. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I just think something's happened. Um, otherwise, I mean, even if it is a, a and it's described later that it's a, it's a play by Cersei. Um, even if that is the case, she still gives in seemingly too easy for uh, the relationship between Cersei and Tyrion. Yeah, you would have expected it to be a lot more difficult to convince. Uh, Cersei ultimately agrees uh, to fight the Great War, but she's lying, as she yes. reveals to uh, to Jamie later in, in the show. Uh, disgusted with her, you know, Jamie. Uh, Jamie leaves. Now this is a really tense moment. I thought um, I was convinced that Jamie was going to die here. By the mountain. Because the mountain's right there, and he he says, you know, give the order. Now. And she nods, I, like, pulls out the sword. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. this is it. I, I messaged Greg after I watched this episode, um, yeah, yeah. just asking a few points um, to tie a few things up, because I was a little bit confused at this this point um, that happened. Um, and you only watched it yesterday, so, Danny, so this might be fresh in the memory for you, or you might yeah. not have picked up it. You might have picked up it, I don't know. Um, I messaged Greg about how confused the mountain must have been at this point because I was because he, he obviously he, he steps forward and um, <laughs> it looks like he's about to kill Jamie yeah 
And he gets a nod. A nod. A a nod from Cersei. And he uh, steps aside. Now, I don't know whether that would have been a nod to kill him or a nod let him go. It it didn't seem like a a way that I would have physically understood. Um, I honestly honestly thought the call had been given to kill Jaime because Jaime's face seemed to show it. Well, Jamie yeah. looks shocked at that point. He does. He does. The nod was for him to take to get the sword out. It was to get ready, essentially. He goes, fine, give the order. And she nods, and that's when he pulls out his sword. And that's when Jamie looks, you know, really give, shocked. Give the order? It's such a yeah. very fine Cersei and the, hound, and, and the Mountain clearly have some kind of telepathy going on. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, he knows what she's talking about from a nod. And then they obviously... Must do. He says, yeah, I don't believe yeah. you, and walks away. Exactly. I, <laughs> they must have something, or they've had some agreement, or they've talked before. I mean, he doesn't talk in general, but... Yeah. One nod not... for sword out, two nods for murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, how it works, it must it be. It confused me, and I had, three, I had to ask Three Greg nods in. for white walkers. Yeah. Greg, hadn't <laughs> no, Greg hadn't noticed it. Um, he thought it was just, it was just the scene as well. And yeah. If you did it, but that's still a scene that confuses me. And I've seen it. I've watched. I've rewatched it, and I've watched how it plays out. And yeah, it's, it's something I always. Used. It's something I always noticed. Um, I didn't really dwell on it too much, though. Yeah. Well, this scene, yeah, this scene is the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for it their is. relationship. It seems. It yeah. is. Jamie and uh, Cersei are over. He's yeah, not yes. He's I still not. think he's he's. That's not them done. I think Jamie's going to be the one ultimately to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably killing himself at the same time. Um, I sort of yeah. said that you know maybe he's going to kill her by proxy when it's going to be the baby that kills her. Mm. Maybe dies yeah, in think, childbirth. I think, I think I think it's going to be him. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. I, I, I do too. Maybe it, at that point though, when she gave the nod, I thought, oh god, maybe it's a bait and switch, and it's actually Tyrion. You know. Yeah, it's uh, I I, I feared for Jamie's life, but I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, me too. Uh, over at uh, Winterfell, we get the uh, the trial. Sansa brings in uh, the sister. It says you stand accused of murder. You stand you stand accused of treason. How do you answer these charges, Lord Baelish? Baelish. Oh my God, it's a bait and switch. <laughs> of course. Uh, he didn't see it coming. He didn't see it coming. <laughs> he was on the uh, and he was he stood said, in the corner expecting the Aunt Arya to get uh, executed. He told um, a line earlier in the earlier in the um, in this season. He, he tells Sansa. He gives her some advice to um, always. Um, oh God! Always Jesus. kind of what? Don't fight. Fight your battles at every time, at every moment, in yeah, every yeah. place, always, all always, the time, yeah. forever. So you're always prepared. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you see every outcome, and so you you know you're always prepared. But he wasn't prepared. He didn't see this outcome. Um, Littlefinger reduced to begging on his knees yeah, for his life. Groveling. It was just uh, pathetic. It was. It was yeah. a little finger we have never seen. Yeah, begging. Uh, I, go on. I felt I felt this season. Um, they've not really known what to do with Littlefinger. Hmm. He's yeah, not he's, really had much. He's been in the background a lot. Yeah, he's not really had an awful lot to do. Um, I think his, his his defining moment was to, to get the Knights of the Vale. I think that was kind of his last part of the, the story, really. It's yeah, 
didn't really have think... much to go after that. Well, it's just sort of a whole puppet master and manipulating thing that he's had going for such a long time. He's always been very pivotal. Yeah. I mean, he's the one who he's the one who started the war, started the war yeah. between the Lannisters and the Starks in the first place. So he's always been extremely important in the background, um, always doing something. And it just seems that in this last season, he didn't have an awful lot to do. That he was, uh, you know, kind of reduced to a bit of a background player. And this this death was. It was a set piece. It was great. He got what he deserved. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think they could have done more with him in this season. Um, but time is an issue, of course. Yeah. Varys has lasted longer. Varys is just fantastic. But in the, in the same note, though, Varys hasn't had much to do either this season. No. no. Well, he, no. Did get, um, he did get his moment with, uh, with Daenerys. Um... Which... They've taken an awful lot away from Varys, though, from the book. Varys is involved in an awful lot more plotting and scheming. Yeah. Um, he isn't a... You know, he's not on Daenerys' side in the books. He's um, arguably a Blackfire loyalist uh, rather than a Targaryen loyalist. Um, I'm not going to go into that. Okay. Um, yeah, so how did you feel about uh, Littlefinger's death here. Um, of course, I've not even mentioned Arya kills, slits his throat with the dagger that he would have um, had Bran, you know, would have, would have been used to kill Bran um, if he got his own way. Um, a lot of people are disappointed with, with this way um, for him to go out. The man that, as you said, started the war um, just kind of reduced to this. Um, some people wanted it to be a bit more grand, a bit more epic. How did you feel? I, I couldn't really see it being any more of a sort of moment that didn't sort of shock a little bit because I was I was taken aback that it actually happened. Mm. I wasn't I only I only thought the, the the theory of how they built up to it afterwards, and I wasn't expecting it to happen right there. I thought it was potentially going to be Arya. I thought um, it was uh, very fitting. Yeah, you know, this, I thought, the I master manipulator, was, master yeah, player, exactly. outplayed. Yeah, completely outplayed. Um, I'm completely taken aback at the moment when he realised. He, his plans, his ploys, his, his, his tactics, he, he had no way to answer and to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And like you said, a lot of it backfired on himself, the seeds he planted. Um, as he was describing to Sansa, just the thing, just the like the scene prior to that where he's like, what's the worst, what's the worst that this person could mean? Yeah. What's the worst that could go wrong? Um, yeah. Obviously point, trying to point the finger towards Arya and trying mm-hmm. to point the point the blame at her and then Sansa just turns that around and says you know I'm a slow learner but I'll learn what's the worst that you could have been doing in this situation and it's uh, it's pretty much everything that he's done like bang on everything that he's done so absolutely red handed yeah, he's, he's the arbiter of his own downfall mm-hmm. yeah this, this is very fitting Sam arrives at uh, Winterfell and speaks with Bran Bran uh Tell some about you know John's origin essentially, yeah. or what he currently knows of it, you know, and then Sam twigs, you know, remembers what Gilly said about Raga or Rhaegar, <laughs> Rhaegar's annulment and yeah. and secret marriage. At which point Bran goes back and sees it, sees the marriage between uh, Lyanna, uh, finally knows the truth, and hears his name. We we hear his name for the first time. John's name is Aegon Targaryen. Big moment, huge. Um, Absolutely. 
and it's going to set the tone for the next series. But you hear that, and the first thing you see, yep, is him getting it on with his. Uh... We see John knock at uh, Daenerys' <laughs> door and go inside, and <laughs> we have the sex scene between nephew and aunt. Now, bravo to the writers of Game of Thrones. <laughs> From going to detesting two pe- two siblings fucking to having so many people, you know, really want this aunt and nephew to get it on. Just unbelievable. We're all happy for it. I'm just trying to figure out what would be a child relation to... <laughs> what? A child from that sort of thing, which I believe is probably going to happen. Because Daenerys apparently can't have children. I was told by the the witch. Oh yeah, she's um, absolutely. Oh yeah, she's absolutely pregnant. Definitely yeah. getting pregnant. I, I was yeah. told by the witch she can no longer have children. It's been stood out there. It's been thrown out there. Just in that, I think it was in that episode as well, um, just before. And then obviously she gets it on with John, and it's like mm-hmm. you're going to have a child, which is going yeah. to be future king. Um, yeah. yeah, it'll be John's cousin. <laughs> cousin. Cousin. I just came Cuss up with son. that. Cousin, yes. Okay. That's good. Please look. <laughs> Nef, Nef, son, as well. That's good. Nah, oh. oh, that's weird. Son, um, son, you. Son, you. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a long storyline. That's a, that's a family tree is. we don't need to go into. Uh, going back to the um, the flashback of the wedding. Um, first time we're seeing uh, Rhaegar, I believe, in the show. I I thought he looked like yeah. um, Daenerys's brother. 100% um, did. Very, very much like him. I, th- I think he's, that was the intention. the same right? wig. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same wig. That's right. <laughs> I think that well, was even, actually... Even the face, I, think, I, I, was, I actually thought it was him at first. I think the uh, the fellow who played Viserys, that was actually his real hair. Was it? Really? He grew it, he grew it and dyed it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Wow. But I've, yeah, seen, I've seen the, the actor, how he looks normally, he looks nothing like Viserys. They have... I mean, Rhaegar is described as this like absolute pretty boy. Um... Right. The actor wasn't necessarily the, the absolute pretty boy that I was expecting. I guess, no, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, I guess, but uh, a bit unconventional, I guess, for the for the casting. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so he's a silver-haired bastard rather than a silver-haired I mean, he, bitch. I mean, he, this this guy, this guy, um, Rhaegar, again, to just link back into the books, Rhaegar's a, a very important character. Um, but a very flawed character in a lot of ways. He makes a lot of bad decisions, uh, starting a war and all that. Yeah. Um, and not not least culminating in the decision to name both of his bo- both of his sons Aegon, <laughs> which is going to get really fucking confusing. Yeah. He's like, oh, you have Aegon. Uh, here's your little brother Aegon, <laughs> and Aegon. Here's your older brother Aegon. You <laughs> <laughs> can't forget the names. Uh, oh, God, he's just really fond of the name. Loves it. I guess they've not. I mean, they have. They have mentioned his other son in the series. They may not have mentioned him by name, but they have. He, he did exist. Okay. They've not like wiped him out because, um, because what's his face talks about it. Um. Uh, what's his face? Martell. Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. He describes how. How he was so pissed that they killed Elia's children. Yeah. Um, Aegon being one of them. Obviously, but they don't mention it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Sure. Why not? Let's call him Aegon. Fuck it. Why not? 
It was fine. You no think one's it... ever going to call him that anyway. You think when it comes in the box, he'll have a different name? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, George, come on. George R.R. Martin. Okay. He was going to be named after... Chances are he was going to be named after... George. Well, no. <laughs> I think the idea in the books is that Rhaegar was expecting it to be a boy. Uh, expected it to be a girl. Right. And if it was a girl, it, she would have been called Visenya. Okay. So what his real name in that case is, don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually sort of surprised that uh, that he had a different name. Because I, I I didn't really anticipate that he did have a different name that he wasn't originally just called John. Because it's always said that Ned was the one who named John. Right. Um, but I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised that they just kind of went out and said, oh yeah, this is he's actually called Aegon. That's his name, Aegon Targaryen. Right. Or Sam does they confuse it for it in the yeah. first place as right. uh, as Bran saying. Yeah, he does. That's right. Um, last part of the show right now, the Army of the Dead. Approach the wall. It is fantastic. The Night King on the dragon uh, swoops amazing. in and destroys it. He doesn't destroy it. He annihilates it. He annihilates it. He really does. Um, it it looked great. It's brilliant. It did. It's. It looked fantastic. I can't tell what it was. Was it was it blue flame or was it was it blue ice or? I'm pretty sure it was blue flame. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was more like explosive I, flame. It was. It, it was. I mean, I can't see ice destroying an ice wall. No. no. I did think he that he would. I did think that he would breathe ice, but um, I'm I'm kind of glad that it's fire. It looked yeah, yeah like you said, looked great. Um, we see Tormund up there. Who else was up there with him? Can we can we remember? Beric. Is it Beric? Yeah. So Tormund and Beric, yeah, in danger. Um, I know people are wondering if they're dead. I don't think they're dead. They I, won't, I don't. I don't think they would kill those off screen. Um, no. but in a lot of danger, of course. Um, yeah, tore down the wall and now they're through. And they march uh, south of the wall for the first time. They do. And they it's... march with another um, throw out to the theory of um, Bran. Oh, you know, I was going to bring this I up. I do know the theory <laughs> of Bran being the Night King. Go on, hit, hit us with it. The army of the dead walking through the gap created by the wall. Mm-hmm. They walk in the formation of the um, Stark's uh, symbol. Sigil, yeah, they do. Yeah. They form um, the, uh, the wolf's head, with, the along wolf's with head. the with the pattern of the fur and everything. Yeah. Um, I didn't did, spot it. First did time. you catch that, Greg? I did not. I'll have to send you the image when we're done. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty near damn close. Yeah, it's a it's um, another point that reinforces that brand theory, for sure. Yeah. Again, a very nice visual. Um, when I actually look back at it, I was there, uh, missed it first time. But I, yeah, uh, I, I, I saw it after I did a bit of reading, and visually it was the plainest. Yeah, day. same. I probably, I probably I, wouldn't have caught it the second time either if I hadn't seen the image online before. I've got to be really disappointed if this theory turns out to be true. You're really against it. I, I just, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> Yeah. This, is, this is the problem when we were talking about it before I didn't know if you knew uh, about this and I was like it, it, all signs are pointing towards it that's the problem um, yeah. it's it's very sort of hard to disprove I suppose at the minute with these little uh, things that are coming in oh Ben you stole my thunder I couldn't wait to bring that up what? 
<laughs> I was I was gonna drop the fucking bomb on the two of you going fucking Stark Sigil and you took it from me. <laughs> Sorry, I do reading too. Not much, but the important stuff. But now uh, now Greg's depressed. He is. It's looking so. more possible. Have a look, because I wanna see your reaction to be honest. Yeah. Oh but wow, okay. You've seen it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty blatant. Yeah. It is very very <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Uh, but that's it. That's uh that's Game of Thrones season seven. What a what Can't a what a season. But yeah, it's it's been a it's been a hell of a season. It's been short, but packed. Absolutely packed. Moved very fast. Um if you had to give it a rating out of ten, what would you give Ben? Um It'd be high, um, eight and a half. Um, I would give it higher if there was more um, episodes, perhaps tying in the sort of the battles when they were. Um, well, most of the battles that they cut short, to be honest. Uh-huh. Greg. Uh Yeah, I think that's a good good summary. Um, eight and a half, probably for me as well. I think it wasn't flawless. There could have been some other things it being a bit longer in, in parts like you said would have been great Yeah, just a bit more time spent on certain topics uh, overall really really high quality series didn't have that lull like most seasons do mm-hmm. like you know episode, Agreed. episodes sort of 3 to 7 where it just sort of you know yeah, well, doesn't the, uh, the dip in the middle episode 4 was the um, Dothraki and the dragon, so that yeah. was it was right in the middle, slap bang in the middle for a, yeah. for a moment. To, to be honest, to be honest, the 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 see the episode that I rate the lowest, which is still I rate really high, was probably be the first one, I'd just because not not a lot happened. It was just a lot of set setting shit up. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shall we begin? Still, That's the moment you really good. it's all gonna go. Yeah, the rest of the season. But yeah, I yeah. agree for that one. But it was still a great episode. Not don't that count was. that out. It was, it was still a great episode. Yeah. I don't think I could say it any better. Uh, I would agree. Uh, high eight, eight and a half from me too. I think I think we said all all we can say. Shall we wrap? Yeah. All right. This has been episode one of the Dig Sack podcast, and we will speak with you soon. <laughs>